This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? It's your boy, High Five Tom. Obviously, you probably know that by now. It's been 92 episodes. Uh, but I've got my good friend here uh, over there on the other side of the country. Will, how are you this evening, my friend? You know, I don't want to complain because it hasn't been that bad, but it was kind of a warm day today. I wasn't feeling it. Well. Wow. Only had to work four hours today, so. Oh, no shit. Plenty of time to watch tonight's viewing festivities. <laughs> That's a very interesting way of putting it. But, uh, well, hopefully everybody can read, but we are not alone. Uh, we've got a very special guest here. Uh, definitely one fourth, of, uh, one fourth of what's the Shining Wizards. Obviously, the network that we are currently on. Uh, Mr. One of my personal good friends, former guest of Chopping Up with Hi-Fi Tom. Hey, JG, how are you, my friend? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Can I, can I do something, uh, my, uh, Tom, real quick? Yeah, America, I mean, that, that our I've, podcast, Kevin, you can do whatever the fuck you want. That I've wanted to do for a very long time. I haven't been able to do it for a while. Yeah, go ahead. Lives are going to be <laughs> in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, That is one of the main reasons we've been waiting oh. forever. Oh, Will, how do you feel right now, my friend? In the flesh. Yeah, that's right. Man. So I know, I know, I know. It was like I don't want to downplay, but like it was just a silly bit. But like I got a rise out of hearing like my name read like that every week. So in the first week that like you guys stopped doing that, I was like, like I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, my bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. We took, we took, we took your push away. Yeah, it's not even it's not even something that I do, but it's my bit. Yeah, we're like, all right, we're not giving this guy any more credit anymore, even though he supports us all the time. How long has that been going? It's what's that? How long has that been going? How long has that bit been going? Oh, I, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you when I started it. I don't know when I started it. He might, but I I couldn't tell you when I started it or when uh when yeah, we stopped doing here. the reads. Yeah, it's been at least four years. I know that since I started listening. So, it, yeah, because it, it, it was, it was hints of it before, kind of, sort of before uh, the Patreon stuff started, and then when I signed up for the Patreon finally, and you guys were, you would do the read through because you had made the Waylon Mercy jokes before. That's probably right. Where I would just like comment on like the Facebook posts and like stuff like that. 
So the first time you did, I'm like, oh, that was cool. Then it kept going. I'm like, oh, this is sick. This is like a this is like a thing. <laughs> I'm yeah. telling you, it's really, I, I have it's, the. It's really fun to do. Yeah, I miss. I've it. got the audio saved from when Tony belched in the middle of that one. <laughs> that, that I I was rolling. I'm like, I need to I need to like save this. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to send that to me. Yeah. Um, now, KJG, the bar has been pretty set pretty high. We did a watch along with our good friend, Mr. David Henry Bauer III, uh, where he told us a story where he used to sneak into his parents' bedroom while they were sleeping to watch wrestling, and it is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my fucking life. Um, the is pretty high. I can't top that, man. That's I don't even know what to make of that. That's like... I don't know what that is. Is that like passion, or is that like absurdity like, i don't know you know if, if your parents all got the he'd, he'd watch his late night ecw because they'd leave the tv on and he'd just sneak in when they fell asleep and just change the channel was <laughs> the they never on. noticed yeah did he have volume yeah it was one of the greatest yeah i i my ribs hurt for three days after he told me that story so shout out to the mr uh dhp3 in the house so yeah, it was pretty good. So I'm I'm making a lot of mileage out of that one for a while. So respect. I mean, I, I I remember I used to watch ECW. I mean, I used to watch ECW all the time, staying up late, not in my parents' bedroom. Well, but when clearly I'm missing out. Apparently, it's it's better uh, viewing it that way. But when I was, I would um, babysit. Nice. And then, like, once the kids went to bed. It would be like twelve o'clock, twelve thirty, and me and my buddy. Uh, so he was the babysitter, but like he was like, "Hey, just come up, we'll hang out, drink some, uh, not drink some beers. We were old enough to drink beers, but have some sodas, eat some pizza, and we'll try to find wrestling on anytime we could." Yeah. And then we 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 would get lucky and find ECW on at like midnight because it always bounced around twelve, one, whatever it was. Can't imagine we were at that time in our life we were up that late, but like. Even like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, it would always bounce around. And we would find it. I remember watching ECW at this house while like kids were upstairs sleeping. And we were just down there watching wrestling and eating pizza. It was awesome. Oh, ECW was so awesome. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, that being on so late in like, you know, the internet era will still dial up and everything was really kind of what made ECW ECW. Because you never knew it was going to be on. One day it'd be on at nine o'clock on Spike. The next night it'd be on the Sci-Fi Network at three a.m. <laughs> I mean, I'm just making that part up, but it wasn't Spike. I think for a little while. Well, it was on. It was on when it was TNN, and that's what yeah. that's what killed the uh, WWE. Killed that deal when they went to TNN when they moved from USA. But like, just like you're right, you're right though in your point that just the rogue nature of like. You never know when it's going to be on. You never know like where it's going to be on. And just like an ECW, you never knew what was going to happen, where yeah. it was going to happen, like what could possibly go down on on their television show, let alone their pay per views when they started getting into that. So it, yeah, ECW was, and I mean to your podcast, right? Like EC, if there was no ECW, I don't know if we get a Ring of Honor. So there's that too. You know, and uh, not to suck my own dick here, but you can uh, go back into the archives of Trim Buckle Throwbacks, uh, where Phil and I actually did the first Ring of Honor show 
But obviously going over the history, because, yeah, I mean, Ring of Honor filled that ECW void. Yeah. The video is the one that started, um, you know, Ring of Honor. So and I remember clearly, like, one time I was bartending, like, on a Friday night, and there was a rerun of CSI Miami, and then, you know, fucking ECW was on at, like, 8 o'clock on a Friday night. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to miss the bus here and watch me some ECW at the bar, so. Yeah. It was a tough era, though. E- ECW on TNN was kind of tough. Yeah. But I mean, on when it was on MSG networks up in at least the New York City area, nice, dude. Uh, you you couldn't you couldn't be happier than finding ECW, yeah. on uh, on TV that time. Now you ask me at forty years old in twenty twenty three, I couldn't tell you what they what the fuck I was watching now, but back then I knew. Oh yeah, it was cool. You are a wrestling savant. Um, obviously, any questions on the nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble? But you know. Oh, good to go. But uh, yeah, Will has a been though, buddy. So you said you didn't work. You got any new uh, comic books or anything? Picked up a couple things. I got a. There's some things I'm I'm waiting because the shop I usually go to is a little smaller, so like I don't necessarily get stuff the like the days it comes out. So there's a couple things I'm, I've got to wait a little bit to see if, before I go out and like. Just get them elsewhere. I give the guy a couple weeks. Yes. But Tom, uh, Brittany bought us uh, tickets to a hockey game today. Really? What hockey We're going to play your Nashville Predators. Really? When's that? October 14th. Nice. I need to get. I get. I mean, I started. I did pretty good last year. Um, yeah, because actually, I went to a hockey game before we met up over at uh, GCW. Wait, that was. I know, and you you left your credit card somewhere in the Nashville area. Well, debit card, but yeah. So. Yeah, Kevin. I hope it's okay. I know you're a Devils yeah. fan. I'm a Red Wings fan, so I hope that's okay. So. That's fine. I mean, you guys kind of suck. We're getting better, so. And you guys swept us in what ninety four, think. Yeah. So here's the th- I wasn't a hockey fan then, so I don't. I, I mean, I know what happened. Right. But uh, so that doesn't count for me. Yeah. So like all the three Stanley Cups that the Devils won, don't count for me because I wasn't a hockey fan then. Okay. So, so like to me, my peak was when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals against the Kings, I think two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Uh, that was my peak as a Devils fan. And hopefully it gets better and better and better coming up. Now, if you want to hear some great Kevin New Jersey Devil story, make sure you do check into our our former episode that we recorded. I think like March of last year. Oh God, I forgot about that, bro. Lots of lots of great New Jersey Devil stories from the bar. Oh, that, oh my! <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. I talked a lot about the guys that I knew and and guys that I met uh, from the team from the great New Jersey Devils teams. Yeah, uh, that was a lot but, of fun. Ah, yeah, great times. I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm gonna listen back to that at work tomorrow. Yeah, that was that was that was a lot of fun. So, um, I'm oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I just, I totally, you know what? Like, my, so my memory obviously sucks, right? So, I forgot about that. Like, I forgot that I told those stories, and I want to listen back to them yeah. because I love hearing them because it, it was a great part of my life. So, the fact that you gave that to me and I can listen to them over and over again is awesome. Yeah, I mean, weren't you playing poker with Marty Borger? 
I was playing poker with Ilya Kovalchuk. Oh, at Marty Berdur's house. No, I was at Marty Berdur's house on New Year's Eve parties. <laughs> I was at Ilya Kovalchuk's house for uh, no, not not his house at the bar that I worked at, and we played poker. And he he had to leave early, so he gave all his chips to somebody else. And I'm like this poor bartender making like. $60 for a happy hour shift and this multi-millionaire is giving his chips to somebody else in a tournament, which isn't even legal. You can't even do that. And he gave... So I had like literally no chips and I lost to this guy. And that like 100 bucks would have been huge for my day. Yeah. And Ilya Kovachuk screwed me. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Do <laughs> you play poker at all still? I, I haven't, but I will play any single time somebody asks me. I haven't played forever. Will you ever play any poker? I I mean I played with like friends and like when I go to a I used to go to the casino with some coworkers after we get out of work and it's like it's like two to ten dollar bet, so it wasn't like any like big betting, but like play like blackjack and stuff like that, but well it's yeah. almost fun, so and when um once uh when COVID hit and like you couldn't go anywhere or do anything, like literally I would like play poker online uh every single day. And it was actually good. I actually made a lot of money. I lost some money, but then I ended up being profitable because I'd always keep a ledger of what I bet, what I made and what I did and all that stuff. So yeah, it was a profitable thing playing online, but I love it. And even when I go to AC, like I play one, two, no limit, and just uh, yeah, I'm usually pretty good at it, so I don't hate it. I haven't played in fucking forever. I got a couple good books too. Um, I've got Brunson's uh, Super Systems original. So, yeah, the Super System that might be that's arguably the greatest poker book of all time. Um, was it Helmuth wrote the Reputure so or oh, I have to try those books down. I should read those. Though. So like, so in my my top five, my Mount Rushmore of poker players, Texas Hold'em, No Limit players. Are Helmuth, from Phil Ivy, Phil Ivy, yeah, nice. Um, Negranu, and this is I'm, I'm also older school, so I don't. There could be a lot of younger players that are much much better now, but to me, it's Helmuth, Negranu, Ivy, and probably. I mean, living. Uh, well, even though Doyle. Oh, yeah. So I can't count Doyle. Um, Jesus, uh, Chris Ferguson, maybe, maybe Gus Hansen. Ooh, I just like how he looked. Who, Chris Ferguson? No, Gus Hansen. Oh, Gus Hansen, yeah, yeah. It just looks like a crazy, like you know, that crazy, you know, um, somebody you'd see in like rounders. Yeah, yeah. I just liked because he was good at everything. Yeah, like a back. He was good at backhand, and he was good at all the poker games. Yeah, how do you become a world champion backhand player? You change your name to Gus Hansen. <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Um, well, it's funny you say those are old school players. I, never... I mean, those are the younger guys too. When we were younger, watching, you know, and that whole explosion happened. So, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I forget, I forget those those players' names. Like, I'm like in the era of like the Mike Mattisows and the the um... Johnny Newman. Yeah, uh, John, uh, Johnny Chan and. Uh, uh, God, Nguyen, Scotty Nguyen, um, 
and those guys. So. I know he's dead, but Doyle, Br- Doyle Brunson's not dead, is he? Yeah, he died recently. Oh, Within the last year. 100%. What? Texas Dolly, yeah. 10-2 offsuit. Yeah. Will, did we lose the air wheel with all the poker talk? What's that? Oh, May 14th. No, the, I, I never I never followed I never followed professional poker, but when I was kind of at my peak gym going, I would always go between like 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. Because there was like never anybody there and I couldn't sleep half the time anyway. So my favorite thing would be as if I could jump on a treadmill and they're showing some like World Series of Poker thing. Because oh, I didn't really know how the necessarily how like all the games worked, but like I loved how it would show all the percentages and there's just something heartbreaking and satisfying when they see like percent like the ninety eight percent chance to win and they flip a card over and it just drops to like a thirty something. It's like, oh no, buddy. Yeah. It's it's the greatest I think it's the greatest skill game in the world because you're not like you're playing with your mind and with luck at the same time. Like you're like literally like there's so many all your senses are intact your ears yeah your eyes like i mean maybe not taste i don't know about taste but uh, uh but like even like you're like you, you can like if someone moves their arm your way and you and you smell them like you the, they why do they move their arm that way so like it's it, it encapsulates like almost all the senses and like all of the luck and all the brain power and all of the like instincts like instincts is huge in poker it's just like reading the player not the cards all that stuff i oh so i disagree with that i i will read the cards more than i'll read the player i'll do like 60 40 because if i can lay something down even though i think i have the best hand or whatever i'll lay it down because i like it's not worth it to me to lose the money but anyway oh i gotta talk about i should do a poker podcast i I would listen um i should do so how do you do – I mean, how does that translate to doing it online? See, that's what I always kind of wondered about online because you're not really reading a player, obviously. You're reading the cards, but – You're reading the cards, you're reading bets, and you read, and you have to take position into, into account. So, like, like, when somebody bets somebody sitting where they are, like, you can go ahead and be like, all right, so I have this hand. It's not a best hand, but this person bet that. I can squeeze here, like, and try to get other people out, or I could triple bet. Based on my hand, it's it's all about, and it's also about odds of uh, uh, risk versus reward. There's that much in the pot, right? I right. have a decent hand. I can, I can like afford to do this, or I can put all my. It, there's so much stuff going on, like, like books. Like, there's got to be online poker books everywhere. Yeah. Like, I watch a lot of Daniel uh, Negreanu live live streams when he plays. Nice. Uh, because he, because uh, you can't, there's a big tournament that you can't play in the United States because the servers don't let United States play it. So he'll go to Vancouver for a week, and he'll play every day, like multiple, multiple tournaments. And I watch those religiously, yeah. and so like that's where you get your knowledge from. It's just watch. It's just like anything else. Just watching people that have done it before you. Yeah. Hmm. This is so fascinating, dude. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, like, just position betting, like. You sitting like one spot, like in front of it, like the small blind, big blind, and then you could like, you know, the 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 dealer button has like the best position. It's it's it's, it's incredible. 
I love it. I, I'll play poker every day if I could. If I, if I was that good at it, I'm okay at it. If I was that good at it, play every day. So did, didn't they outlaw poker, online poker for a while too? I don't know if they ever out. Oh, because yeah, because they were. All right. So when I was in college, I used to play on like sites like Bodog and Poker Stars and ever on Poker Stars and um uh poke uh, po- uh, some yeah some like they used to have commercials. I remember because like when I was watching like TNA. Like they would have poker stars come like they'd have like poker commercials with all the stars. Yeah. Uh, go, uh, but now it's it's much more regulated. Even though, like, even when you get beat bad, you still think it's rigged. But uh, yeah, but no, but now you because like I played on Borgata. I played on Borgata online during COVID. Okay. So I mean, I, everyone has it. It's everywhere. So I I might start again. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, because I just sold all my all-in uh, – because I used to be subscribed to the all-in magazine with, like, Phil Helmuth and everything. So I used to pick those up at the, the magazine racks all the time, every yeah. month. I never subscribed, but I would go get them. Yeah, I just um, sold all mine, so we'll see. Wait, what the fuck? Why is it saying midnight? I mean, the Brewers are up two to three. That's stupid. So, anyways, we got a Ring of Honor podcast here. And, oh, uh, that's right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that was. I awesome. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no bullshit aside, Kevin. If you did a poker podcast, I would listen. I don't even. There's kind of a poker podcast out there. There's probably know. a million. Just yeah. like everything. Oh, else. there's a there's a podcast for anything, Tom. Uh, yeah, that's bad. like. So Ted DiBiase has a podcast called Everyone Everybody's Got a Pod. Everybody's got a pod. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> wow. DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. DiBiase. Um, well, uh, we do have a couple of questions of dishonor this week. Uh, Will, you got those queued up? Who's do you want to start with? Let's start with Rob's. All right, so Rob, I guess do we say formally of untaking the territory since untaking the territory is done? Just for continuality's sake, we'll say it's, yeah, we'll keep it going. So Rob asked, in addition to giving you the reason why it's Desanur, <laughs> Tom, and all that. Uh, Wants us to recast. Well, we'll shorten it up to recast the X Men because he said in any like TV show or movie, so he left it pretty open. Um, yeah, one of the X Men films or cartoon series with 2013 Ring of Honor roster members. Who would you pick? Can we just do the original X Men movie, the first one? That's kind of what I was thinking. So you, you like your your original Hugh Jackman. I think he's really oh, and Halle Berry, and those were those guys were really like the the big actors in there. I mean, you had Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart in there too. But so I'm re- I'm recasting X Men with Ring of Honor stars circa 2013. Yep. 
All right, so I didn't, I've never seen an X-Men movie in my life, but can I just throw out there, because it just came to me, for Wolverine, can I throw out Roddy Strong? Yeah. I think Roderick Strong would make a pretty damn good X-Men, He'd probably or a good uh, Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's super fucking, I mean, he's fucking ripped. Yeah. I, mean, I think he could get the look. I think he's got the face. I mean, he doesn't look he doesn't look like Hugh Jackman, but he looks enough like Hugh Jackman yeah. to, to do it. So I go with yeah, I go with Roddy Strong as X Men. I, I mean one of the, one of Wolverine's things too is because of his healing properties, he, he his age his aging process is so much slower. I mean you see Roger Strong on TV now, you see Roger Strong in twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, even before that, it's like Oh, he got he got like his his beard's growing in a little bit. He needs a shave, but like, oh. it's crazy how how well he's aged. Yeah. It's crazy how a lot of people in wrestling have aged well lately. Yeah, it was not always the case. right. Some people age so well, and then other people are like, oh my god, you started wrestling a year ago. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, business changed. Hobbies changed. Um, I think I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Carrie Silken as Professor X. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. I could definitely see uh, you know, I could see Professor X, you know, having a little. I mean, because Carrie Silken likes to likes to drink her twelve. Uh, Who doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, I like that because oh, we could just shaved the little side, shaved the side off and. Yeah, put him in a chair. Well, he's always in a chair, but put him in a chair. Yeah, he's always in a chair. <laughs> he is. He is always in a chair, except when he walks up to hand somebody a belt. Right. Um, Will you got anybody? We we got the uh, we got a power couple. One of them's got red hair, you know. So I guess uh, Mike Bennett and Maria Canales would have to be Cyclops and. Uh, Jean Grey. Ah, nice. Nice. I like that. And I was, for my Wolverine, I picked Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen because the, the, the original design of Wolverine is he's supposed to be like this short squat Canadian guy. <laughs> really? It's supposed to be like a Canadian hillbilly, basically. Wasn't he, wasn't he Weapon X first? Look at me. Look at me with yes. my comic book knowledge here. Look at was you. He, was it was he Weapon was, X is some good shit? Wasn't he because I had a Weapon X yes. comic book? Oh. That was Weapon X was written to be like an origin for Wolverine, yeah. So did that come out after X-Men or pre-X-Men? That know. was after, wasn't it? That was after X-Men because Wolverine technically debuted in The Incredible Hulk, not in X-Men. Yeah, okay. But I remember having a Weapon X. Like he was in like he was in like a giant like 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 Will Farrell would say in Anchorman, like a, a, a giant container of emotion. Like yes. a case of emotion, like a glass case of emotion. And then they just let him go. Wait, the Wolverine was in, in, in the Incredible Hulk? He was introduced in the Incredible Hulk, yeah. In the comics books or the movie? 
in the comic book. Oh, okay. So back in like the whatever year it came out. Copies of copies of books like that, no matter what condition they're in, go for ridiculous amounts of money. Like character debuts and like spinoffs, like the initial spinoff of a character. Like it's somebody. so funny where it's like a lot of newer stuff, like it's got a grade like a 9.8 or whatever to be like worth anything. But if you go back far enough, they'll grade it like, oh, this is graded at a three and it's still worth like thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, holy oh, shit, both covers are still attached. <laughs> especially a lot of those like now they're on the glossier paper but back when they were like newsprint paper that stuff didn't hold up well so yeah I wonder if I have a comic book in this junk drawer right here Hold on. I'm trying to think ah uh, shit oh that's where it is I'm definitely booking uh, Michael Elgin as Juggernaut that's what I was thinking I know he wasn't in the original I don't know Juggernaut made the original movie did he I don't think so. He was not in the original movie, no. Elgin would Elgin wouldn't be a bad Wolverine character either. Yeah, so I was just gonna again talk. short squat Canadian. I just like I just think Wolverine. There's like there's always like a slight humor to him, and Elgin just isn't funny. Yeah, <laughs> tries to be, but yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you about Roderick Strong in 2013, but I can tell you about him now, and he's damn funny. I never would have guessed he is as funny as he is right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even when I talk... Well, he doesn't have a whole lot of character... He doesn't have a lot of character stuff to work with in 2013. Like, Roderick Strong now, where it's his, his neck health, and he's, like, leaning up in the fucking, like, hospital bed. And you were, <laughs> we're like, also talking go. about... Yeah, and we're also talking about like 10 years ago before he had any like air quote sports entertainment experience. So like once you're like in that atmosphere, I'm sure like it, it could have always been there, but once you're there, like once and then you can go somewhere else and actually be allowed to do that. Even though his diamond mine stuff was pretty good. Yeah. But like once you go out there and do something else and like be allowed because Tony Khan lets you pretty much create your own character and he trusts you and you should trust Roddy Strong. So the fact that he does that now is just incredible. It's, it's a shame that it took this long. Yeah. But he's getting paid, so that's good. So That's right. Well, what would you guys think of Raymond Roll as either Wolverine or Sabretooth? Maybe Sabretooth. Raymond Roll. I could see him as a, as a Sabretooth type. Well. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who, who would make a good role because we don't have a lot of females to pick from. So. Jade Car is Jade Oh, which one's Rogue? Who's Storm? Oh, Jade Cargill, Storm. Oh, but she's not Ring of Honor 2013. Ah, sorry. She'd be perfect Storm now. But ah! uh, Athena has been. Athena's Athena's been in 2013 Ring of Honor. Yeah. All right. Athena. Well, maybe one of the Hoopla hotties. Yeah, I was gonna go with Silesia as uh, as uh, Anna Paquin's role character. That's it. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So there were no, I know we're, we're 10 years ago here. There were no women's matches on this pay-per-view we're discussing tonight. There was no women's So like, yeah. other than Maria Kanellis and the hotties and the hooplas, I couldn't tell you a wrestler that was in, a female wrestler that was in Ring of Honor in 2013. Uh, Veda Scott just started wrestling. They were, they were really the only, 
they were really the only consistent ones because Veda, like when we started doing this, was just she was the backstage interviewer, and they tried to like there was a handful of women that would like when they'd have the women's matches you'd steal on, but they don't have like a women's roster. No. So is this like pre like? It's, it's got to be pre like wasn't didn't like Angelina Love show up there and like uh, or yeah. or um. Yeah, so this is way before. I couldn't even tell you, man. That's yeah, so like, I wish I. So the one fault in me as a wrestling fan is that I wish I was more invested in Ring of Honor in this era because when I watched this show, uh, uh, Death Before Dishonor, two thousand thirteen, I was amazed by how many people were on this show. That I was like, whoa, they were in Ring of Honor. Yeah, like. And we're not even going that far back. I was still a diehard wrestling fan. I was on the verge, if not already, part of the, the Shining Wizards podcast. Yeah. So this this is a this is a mind boggling show. Yeah, it's it's fun kind of watching some people. There, like, there was a good stretch for like, yeah. There's there be a good stretch where Tom's like, you're not going to believe who's on this week's episode of Ring of Honor. I'd be like, son of a bitch, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see ACH. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the only actual female wrestlers, um, well, Pert- Mia Yim was on there for a little while, but Athena, um, Mischief, and Mischief. Um, Cherry Bomb, so whatever. Uh, That's really it. Oh, wow, Cherry Bomb. Yeah. Um, it's funny, yeah. And, uh, who, uh, who, came in, who came in and wrestled with Eddie Edwards? Who was Eddie Edwards' partner when they did all that? Uh she went to NXT and was like a trainer there or something. Oh, Sarah Del Rey. That was a badass match. Um, well, it's funny you mentioned that too because uh, Brandon, we've been meaning to do this, but we're thinking about booking like our own 2013 Ring of Honor Women's Tournament. So we just got to do that one of these days. So we've got a, we've got a list, but let's do it like uh, via poll on Twitter and stuff like that. So right, there's a lot of women's talent in 2013 around. But Ring of Honor is just not the place to be. I don't think they crowned their first women's champion until at least 2015 at that very earliest. Yeah, you might. Yeah, I think you're right. Wow, so, 2015, and that's. I mean, I'm not going to act like that super long ago. But in terms of like women's wrestling, that's super long ago. In terms of the development, like we're not talking like. 2003, 2002, 99, 90, like, no, 2000, like, development. We're talking, like, there was a little there was a little bit of a gap until they became, like, where we are now in women's wrestling, where the Knockouts division, AEW's division, WWE's division are all, like, top-notch, super-talented women. And Ring of Honor's division, too, obviously, but I consider that AEW, so I don't... Yeah, yeah, it's not... We're yeah. not a big fan of Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, we'll just say that, so... Yeah, I mean, I think they'll get better because I think they're. I think they'll. They are still looking for somebody to put them on TV or some sort of better streaming platform than Honor Club, so that once they put their all their belts on the big stars, once they get their deal, they'll be able to slide them right off to the to the, to the true ROH people. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Chris Hero booking. And actually having like somebody who's looking to book the show, because like when you guys talked about on a Monday how like Tony Khan just like throws together matches of whoever's like there for the collision tapings, I'm like you know, 
that makes a lot more sense than looking at it as like, what is he trying to build here? <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it's it's bizarre, and I don't want to get too far off topic before we get to the to the show. Is that like, like I like, I listen to Jim Ross's podcast like every week, and he's only there for collision. And every week on his podcast, he says that the, the amount of talent that are at collision is way smaller than that's at dynamite on Wednesday. So the, the Saturday show is always much less or much more um, inclusive and not as crazy as dynamite. And if that's the case and they film ring of honor, they tape ring of honor the same night on, as collision. I think so. So the <laughs> fact that all these people are there just for ring of honor is mind boggling. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if if they if, if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they might get picked. It's like they probably hope that they get picked. Like, oh, hey, you're going to get a match with a Shane Taylor, or you're going to get a match with a Dalton Castle, or like they hope that like, oh, maybe this will be like what I need to like maybe get another match, or maybe like I get called back more more often. Yeah. Um. Real quick here, I'm going to kind of pivot here a little bit, but speaking of Shane Taylor, he did wrestle our boy, Jimmy Jacobs, this week on Ring of Honor TV. Nice. He did. When I, I saw, I think I saw Sean Ross Sat post about yep. that. I'm like, I sent it to you, I think, immediately. Yep. It's like, Jimmy Jacobs in the ring again. Look at that. Yeah, KGG, we are huge Jimmy Jacobs fans on this show. So, um, actually, in, in, uh, to pivot back to Rob's question, I can see Jimmy Jacobs as an awesome Magneto. That'd be perfect. So, see how I kind of wrapped all that stuff around. So, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I had to think about which one Magneto was for a second. He was, uh, uh he was the bad guy, the yeah. main bad guy. Yeah, the main bad guy. So. Bad is guy. is he a bad guy though? Do we? I mean, we could start wading through. Is he a bad guy? He's a heel. <laughs> well, I mean, we could... he he is the heel. He does bad things, but is he a bad guy? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. That's a whole. That's X Men. Moral, moral ambiguity, social commentary, yeah. flashy outfits. Uh, but Rob, as always, uh, thank you so much uh, for your question of this on Ur. Um, and make sure everyone is following Rob over at UTT Rob. Uh, hopefully, they are going to be putting out some new content, as Will had mentioned, um, on taking the territory. Um, Kevin, yeah, they went through and watched, uh, reviewed every uh, Tank Abbott match in WCW. Over the, the whole entire career, yeah. So they're bench tank Abbott fans. So, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So if you're not if you're not following UTC Rob on, on Twitter, it's a, it's a great follow. So Rob's a good dude. So hopefully you're gonna get him on here soon. But uh, we have another guest, uh, also a member of the Shining Wizards podcast uh, Discord family, uh, Mr. Freeds. Um, Will, what's that one? Who's a WCW wrestler from the 90s that would have cut it in 2013 Ring of Honor? Made it a name. But, Kevin, you said you had one right off the bat, huh? Brian Pillman. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, no doubt in my mind, Brian Pillman would have um, would have flourished the Ring of Honor in the ring, and not to mention what we just piggybacked about the ECW uh, Ring of Honor filling the void stuff. Like, Brian Pillman would have been – outstanding of ring of honor and i guess if i had to pick a second because i know eddie guerrero was there he wrestled in ring of honor you mad 
I don't know if Dean Malenko ever did. I don't think so. But I mean, but Dean Malenko. But my first. I don't, I'll say, I don't I'll think. Say we'll, with, I think... Go ahead, Will. No, I was gonna say I think I don't think Malenko ever did because I think by the time, like when Eddie was going around there, I think Malenko was like done wrestling. Okay. Which is a shame because I mean he probably could have put on like some incredible stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll just stay with Brian Pillman. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're just transporting, I mean, they're transporting as an age. So I mean, it'd be 1997 Dean Malenko, you know, or 1997 Brian Pillman. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And the third. I mean, those were two that came off the top of my head. Uh. But the one big one. Um. Obviously, we're probably gonna cancel for saying this, but I don't give a shit. But do Chris Benoit in 2013. Chris Benoit versus Davy Richards writes its fucking self. I mean, obviously, Davy Richards is the next step in that lineage um, in more ways than one, unfortunately. What, they, 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 can't, they canceled? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I think Benoit 2013, Ring of Honor, would have been fucking money. Oh, wait, are we, are we strictly 2013 now? Or, or well, anyone from the mid-90s in 2013, right? That's the, That was the question? Okay, gotcha. So, um, Will, you got any other ones? So, I don't really know WCW that well. So, those were kind of going to be my picks anyway, because I would say, like, Benoit, because I was a big Benoit guy, getting into wrestling in, like, the kind of the early 2000s, being a SmackDown guy. So, like, Benoit and Guerrero were huge. And it's just that style. I mean, and... I will say Dean Malenko, I never – he's a guy that I, I'd scroll past like in the video games, and I'm like, what the hell is a Dean Malenko? But now that I've been able to like see clips of his matches and some of the stuff that he's done, like, he's so good. It's it's amazing, the stuff that he was doing. And it's like if he was doing it now, he'd have been, you know, lauded. And I'm sure he was at the time too, but like it, he definitely wasn't like the TV style – of the time. Ooh, what about like a, a Regal? Yeah. Regal would be fucking perfect. Yeah. A Regal, a, a Too Cold Scorpio in Ring of Honor 2013. Ooh, Mama. Yeah, you could, yeah, there's a million. Yeah, I just looked up the roster and I'm one name I forgot. I mean, you could throw uh, Kevin Sullivan in it as they, that, you know, the scum character. He'd be perfect himself. Yeah. As much as I hate scum, but Kevin Sullivan would be fucking perfect. You know, and honestly, someone actually I think would work in Ring of Honor if they actually let him wrestle and he could stay sober. Scott Hall would have been pretty fun in Ring of Honor 2013. 1997 Scott Hall. Rest in peace. So, um, yeah. So, that's uh, that's some good stuff there. So, great question. Yeah. Will, you got any more? Nope. Um, We should, yeah. That was it. And uh, make sure you're following Mr. Freeds at Nadering. Um, well, E Freeds on the Twitter machine. Uh, it sounds like we're getting some more Nadering with E podcasts. And it looks like I'm doing a couple episodes in, uh, in November with Eric. So, uh, Eric, thank you. So, and I swear someday I'm going to send you your fucking stickers. I swear to God. Um, I just haven't. He can up. go to Milwaukee and get them. It's true. So, Tell him to roll up. You know, maybe we'll all show up at the Wizards barbecue next August and I can drop them all then. So, surprise, surprise. So, 
but we've got one more question of dishonor from our very good friend, uh, pretty much a third member of uh, the Ring of Honor Triumvirate. Um, Willie, got the music queued up? I don't. Oh. I dropped the ball. I don't have it ready. All right, Brendan. But uh, here we go with our question, Dishonor. Who from your local Fed who really hasn't made it just yet would you like to see in Ring of Honor in its heyday? Um, and obviously, you don't have to stick with these promotions, but uh, KJG figured it'd be WrestlePro. Uh, ICW Milwaukee for me, Will Beyond, maybe. Um, and his answer was, would be Jordan. There it is. Um, his answer was Jordan Oliver. That would be fucking very interesting. Uh, he's getting better every time we see him. He has size and he can really go. Uh, maybe he needs to bulk up a bit, but he can see, see cool to see him face off with some more big names. Um, and I'm really kind of surprised that uh, Jordan Oliver has not popped off yet, but um, Kevin, as you are the guest, my friend, do you have any, uh, as many as you want? Because I've got a list about that fucking long. How, how long? I was I was like looking away when you when you were there. It's All right, so you're too big for the screen. Long. If we're talking about my home company, uh, Russell Pro, the first name that comes to my mind is someone that's never been there. That would have been awesome there in 2013. That's Bobby Wayward. Okay. I think Bobby Wayward would be an asset to any promotion if he wanted it. If he if he if they would have him, I I can't imagine. He's so good. He is so freaking good and so technically sound, so like cerebral and everything he does, talking through matches and actually in the ring uh, performing matches. Bobby Wayward would be number one on my list. I would like to see guys that have been in Ring of Honor get another shake. I would love to see LSG have more appearances on uh, on Ring of Honor TV and not just in enhancement roles. Uh uh, and then uh, TJ Crawford, I know he's been doing stuff in MLW, which is awesome. But if he can get a, a current, if Ring of Honor ever becomes its actual own thing, and we're we're playing this game like ROH is not completely overly saturated anyway, right? Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it's Ring of Honor in their heyday too. So basically, we're taking. Oh, the- okay. Okay. Never mind. So transferring um, wrestlers now to like 2000. Well, we'll say 17. All right. So I'll transfer Bobby Wayward to 2013, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. So, um, Will, you don't have to go beyond, but I mean, if you'd like, I mean, it's chaotic. Uh, but I do want to mention uh, my former guest last week, Mr. Tommy Trainwreck. It's uh, a- did get his start in Beyond, by the way. So, cheap plug for one of my other podcasts. A lot of, a lot of shared shared talent up this way. Uh, I mean, I just want to echo some of the things that Kevin has said that TJ Crawford was amazing. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of seeing him a couple months ago. He he's tag teaming with Love Doug. Yeah. Shot through the they're called a shot through the heart. Because ah. when I first saw him, it's like, oh, TJ Crawford. I'm like, hey, that's the guy Kevin talks about all the time. Hell yeah. Yeah. But uh, my pick would be Alec Price. Okay. Yeah. The Busta Killer. Yeah, like he doesn't just the character work. Like he's really good in the ring, but I think his his character stands out a lot. Kind of like an Eddie Kingston homicide ish character, where we don't really have that like 
we see homicide things in occasionally, but like they're not really like there. Yeah. So it's not you're not gonna have a thing where there's like a bunch of people all doing like, the same shtick. Yeah. I'd say he's probably the the best person that's specifically from like we'll call it like the Massachusetts circuit. Okay. Um, well, and obviously these are going to be a bit more abstract names for you guys here, but, uh, you know, the Milwaukee scene is starting to blow up. Uh, the first names that popped up are former guests of this show. Uh, my good friends, Mr. Doc, uh, Doc, Doc Simmons and, uh, Zach Hendricks, uh, country air would be a great tag team to be in ring of honor. Uh, their, their style fits perfectly. Obviously they're very inspired by the American wolves as we talked about in their episode. Uh, my boy CJ Cole, former guest or former, future guest of uh, Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, the uh, Apex athlete, will be a great fit. Um, Sierra, uh, Sierra is starting to blow up. She really should have beat Masha Slamovich uh, for that AAW Women's Title. Uh, Sierra will be right there. Um, yeah, there's a laundry list. I like to see my good friends uh, Theory of Asian Unity TAU, uh, another up and coming, uh, you know, tag team. And then, uh, obviously, former guest of the Shining Wizards, good friend uh, Ref Perch. Oh, I love Perch. Yeah. Such a, like, I haven't spoken to him in a very long time, probably since he's been on the show, but his Twitter posts are so motivating. His social media stuff is so motivating, and he just he just seems like a really good dude. Yeah. I, I've been, you know, I'm going to drop some names here, so if you guys got a name drop thing, but, you know, I've done a couple road trips with Perch, so that's always a good time, you know. Yeah. And also, I know I was confused by the question. I was thinking about who would be good in Ring of Honor now. My answer still remains the same for Bobby Wayward being in Ring of Honor in 2013. Because I really think that this dude is timeless. He gets old school wrestling in any era. He knows how to technically wrestle. He knows how to, he can walk the ropes if he has to. He cuts a great promo. He he would get the the, the banners or whatever they, what would they call that? The, the tape? Yeah, well, the, the stream, uh, streamers. He would get the streamers, streamers. every single time. So I'm t- like, so I just I'm sorry that I uh, I confused the question, but yeah, Bobby Wayward would be my answer. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. So um, yeah, make sure you're checking out ICW um, Milwaukee, obviously, uh, and you can check monthly reviews of the shows uh, here on Visionary Global Media. Uh, but gentlemen, speaking of Visionary Global Media, before we jump to our main event. Uh, I do want to plug all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. Obviously, Chad and Diesel, uh, the godfathers of the network, are back uh, with you from the Gold Post. Uh, so they're doing their weekly football show. Uh, Brain Buster Boys just released an episode last week. Uh, Good Cop, Bad Cop, former guest um, Graham over there at Good Cop, Bad Cop, the Phoenix Black Podcast. Uh, if you're into New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Phoenix, Black, uh, Phoenix Splash Podcast and Bread Club are very good supplements there. Um, Will, who am I missing? I said the Brain Buster Boys, right? Chris Talks Games, Dungeons and Junkies. Oh, yeah. Oh, Band from Ringside. Uh, obviously, JCB, uh, Zach, and Bill. And then, obviously, there's the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I uh, do got a, a bunch of conversations coming up uh, in the near future, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but, yeah, everyone stay tuned here uh, for this great commercial of all the great shows, also on the Shining Wizards Network. And, obviously, we're not just doing this because KJG's on the show. Uh, We do plug this every week, uh, but enjoy it, and we'll catch everybody on the other side of the commercial break. 
The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. 
Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. And make sure you are checking out all the great shows here on the Shining Wizard Network. Uh, Will and I are very thankful that we are on this network. Um, and obviously, KGG, we're thankful to have you on the show tonight, my friend. So. Very thankful for being here. Absolutely. Uh, but I, didn't, I didn't realize Tom and I made it to the big times until he said that Shining Wizard's Kevin was going to be a guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't see your face, so I really can't tell if that's sarcasm or not. So I have been a fan for so long and to this is technically the third show I've been a part of on the wizards network. So it's like, I, I love you guys. So yeah. Ah, well, God, Jesus, much appreciated, bro. Dude, it's not even that big a deal. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. It's incredible, but big it, deal. Made, it, it actually like made my like, heart like beat a little bit, but we're good, bro. Always good. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? But then there's so many in jokes that like any one of us could just like send to the other person now and like they'll get it. Like you you send somebody a text that says, Oh yeah, and you're gonna realize like, oh yeah. <laughs> Diana. <laughs> uh, you guys bring me much joy, so no, nah, I'm very happy. I'm very happy to be here, guys. Uh, but on to the main event. We are going to discuss uh Death Before Dishonor, I believe eleven. Original air date September 20th, 2013. Death before Dishonor eleven. Um KG, do you have any idea what you're doing September 20th, 2013? I'm sorry? Do you have any idea what you were doing September 20th, 2013? Because probably not watching this pay-per-view because I sure shit wasn't. When were Ring of Honor pay-per-views being run at this point? Was it a Saturday? Was it a Sunday? Do we know? Either way, no idea. <laughs> Olka's um, TV drops. I don't remember. I think this well, is... All right, so, no, it was it had to have been a... Su- well, when did TV drop? TV dropped on the 21st. Yeah, so this is a Friday. So it was a Friday. Yeah. No, I was probably out somewhere drinking. Yeah, I was I was working in general school, so I was I could have been working at that point too, by the way. I could have been bartending at some point. Yeah. Will you remember what you're doing on this date? Yeah, because they, they would have done the pay-per-view Friday and then done their TV tapings. I don't know, probably working. Yeah. School school was out at that point, so just being a, you know. Blue collar working man. That's me. <laughs> ask, ask me on September twentieth. Oh, we can't do it. It's like past September twentieth. I was gonna say like, oh, I can go back to my memories maybe on Facebook. Maybe I can see what I was doing. Yeah, I was still nursing. This is I actually. Um, I think my thirty sixth birthday was the last time I got super shit faced for my birthday. So I think I was still hungover for this one. Maybe on September twentieth. <laughs> so basically, none of us watched it live. No, no. Okay. 
I actually, no. I, um, I kind of knew what Ring of Honor was in 2013, but I wasn't even much of that in 2013, so. Yeah. I trouble, but. Um, but they, uh, this did take place in, uh, the birthplace of Ring of Honor, uh, Philadelphia. It's not at the Murphy Rec Center. Um, Someone said they got kicked out of there. I think the police had to shut them down so they couldn't run the Murphy Rec Center anymore. But, uh, but real quick, we get a quick recap of why we had the tournament and uh, how we got to the, uh, to the semifinals here. Um, KJG, as you're kind of obviously being new to uh, this whole you know tournament and everything, did that recap do anything for you at all? I mean, did it the, kind of get you up to date? The, the recap of how, like... Um... Oh God! I wanted to say yeah, like, Jay Uso. I want. I wanted to say Jay Uso, uh, but <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Briscoe. Close enough. How he had to forfeit his uh, his championship because of his injury, and then he bullshitted with Nigel McGuinness, and then we had the recap of the tournament with uh, Paul London, which I was not expecting to be in that bad boy. Yeah. And uh, so. People that you'd never like even thought that you would ever hear of again. Like I never I forgot that Tommaso Ciampa was in ROH. Like, forgot. Yeah. Nep- or never knew. What are the two? So no, the the, the recap was good. Oh, okay. I- yeah, because obviously Will and I have seen this about 18 times, so it's good to kind of get like a, a fresh perspective to see if these things kind of work. because uh, obviously the gimmick of the show is this is your first time ever watching Ring Bonner, you keep watching, but uh um, and you had, uh, and I like, I, I think, I like the 16 man tournament too, by the way, instead of just like the eight man, like which we would normally get. So th- there were clearly a lot of talented guys in Ring of Honor. I don't know if they brought in other people outside for it. Like, I don't know if Paul, like 2013, I don't know if Paul London was regularly wrestling in, in Ring of Honor. I could be wrong, but I have no idea. So, yeah. uh, he'd had one other match. He had what? He had one other match with uh, Davey Richards. Okay, so that so there's that. So like seeing Paul on the Ring of Honor in 2013 was kind of cool in the gear that he like he used to wear. Yeah. Uh, you know, never I was never a big Elgin guy. Not that that like none of that matters one way or the other. Like even after all this, I was just never a big Elgin guy anyway. So uh, anyway, but still, it was the recap. They did good recaps. Okay. Um. Yeah, Paul London, unfortunately, uh, Davy Richards double stomped his face into the um, the rain apron, and he was concussed. Um, so yeah, it was good to see Paul London. Yeah, because this is his first time back since he left in 2003. Um, yeah, because Brian Kendrick was in the tournament. Um, that was wait, Kendrick was in the tournament. Yeah, he wrestled. He wrestled Steve in the opening round. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, check the brackets. I got the brackets on my phone. Yeah, and then uh, Machine Gun, obviously, I mean, he's Machine Gun's had a couple matches. He actually beat Elgin earlier in the year. Um, Color Bra, I mean, their their roster is a tad thin, but we'll kind of get into that a little bit. But um, but real quick, and then uh, we get Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on the call, uh, give us the rundown, and then uh, Mr. Jay Briscoe's first time. We haven't seen him in a while, I will. Um, no, he hasn't been on TV or anything. He's 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 got that uh, hasn't left let, hasn't left the house in a in a couple weeks. Look going on, he's growing the hair out, the beard's growing out. He's got his Carhartt T-shirt on. He'd just be a Jay Briscoe. Uh, they, they did like a Mark Briscoe promo, and I thought that was Jay Briscoe just because of the haircut. Yeah. 
Like he had like she had a shaved head. I was like, that's coming home with the Briscoes. I was like, oh, that's Mark. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's a shame. I, I do want to say before. I just want to say I think the reek. I was a little. I felt pleasantly surprised when they did that recap at the start of the pay per view. I feel like it did a better job kind of setting up what was going on than they've done on the TV episodes leading up to this point. Because yeah. I feel like it's just kind of been like a passing thing on TV where it's like, oh, yeah, there's a tournament. Whereas this actually did a better job at like, here's what's happened. Here's where we're at with this tournament. It's like, okay, I'm kind of, I feel a little invested in this now. And it's a real shame. I don't know. How I, I I was going through like Briscoe promos, but there's a bunch of actually pretty good YouTube videos, uh, and I think they may show up the next episode. Uh, just that Mark and Jay kind of did, um, kind of setting this up. You know, Jay going through the whole process of not wanting to give up the belt, and Mark being, you know, and you know when uh, they had a, a YouTube video when he got the call saying he's being stripped and all this stuff. Um, so it'd actually be pretty good to go back and watch some of those. Because uh, that would be compelling stuff for to see on TV. But uh, make a long story short, Jay cut the you know cut the promo. Um, you know he says if you want to be successful, you got to work your ass off. Um, he's literally spent his entire adult life trying to make Ring of Honor the company he did is. Uh, that's true. I mean he's literally been with the company since he turned eighteen. Um, you know he called he told Nigel it's bullshit. You know Nigel wrestled a torn bullsh- uh, bicep. You know um, he still loves Nigel, but you know. Um, I did love how Nigel wasn't able to make eye contact with Jay whenever they cut to him on camera. Uh, but yeah, and then um, yeah, and then he says at the end, you know, like Papa Briscoe says, "You want it like a man, so whoever gives it to the belt, you know, he's gonna, um, you know, gotta handle it like a man." So uh, right, yeah, good promo from Jay. It's good to see him back. You know, um, it, it's still weird. Like we talked a couple weeks ago, I said I still don't think that Jay has passed away. You can get to see him all the time still, but. It's it's so weird you just said that because I was thinking the exact same thing right now. Like I'm like, oh my god, like this dude. Like I'm watching a show with him on like ten years ago, and we just watched him recently. Yeah. Now and he's just like, he ain't here. Like it's, but like I didn't think about it when I was watching the show. Like when he was cutting yeah. that promo in the ring, and when he was, uh, when he came out at the end. I know I'm jumping ahead. When he came out at the end, like yeah. I just was, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking that. Like yeah. it was bizarre. Yeah, I know. I'm still in pretty denial, but for um, the usual, I kind of bullguarded that whole promo. But uh, you guys got anything you want to add? I mean, I know I kind of did a lot of talking there, but about about the in ring promo, yeah, it, it was fine. He said, "I'm gonna hand this bitch over if it's handled with honor. I'm gonna do that. Fine with me." Yeah. Well, you got any any fun things to say? Uh, without, like, I had a general idea of what happened at the end in the story that came out after, but I thought because of how many times he brought up, as long as it's one with honor and as long as it's one, like a man, I thought that meant we were going to, that was kind of foreshadowing that Adam, that spoilers for the end, the winner of the main event it was going to be one kind of underhandedly or with like some kind of like, not as honorable things. So then that's, the other rink where he's got to hand over the belt when he's like, I'll hand it over if it's one with honor. And then if, you know, if it was kind of one by a crook kind of thing, like, I don't want to hand this over. That was kind of a bullshit thing you did there. But. So, so because I was oblivious this, going into this, this show. show we, I'm sorry, go ahead, Will. 
Sorry, my bad. No. So because I was, I was oblivious it's... going into this show, like not knowing what the story was about Adam Cole possibly until the end of it, like or till the next uh, till the next TV, like Adam Cole like uh, using underhanded tactics to to win matches or something like that. Like I, so, I was oblivious to all storylines. So when they kept mentioning win by honor, it's got to be honorable, this and that. I was like, all right, well, that's just Ring of Honor. That's just what they do. Like, I didn't realize that they just, like, I never assumed that they were just saying it that often to lead to a swerve or to, like, a, a great event at the end. So I, I thought nothing of it and was just totally, totally pleasantly surprised. Nice. Okay. I mean, because yeah. up to this point, Adam Cole has, we'll say he's dabbled with the underhanded tactics because he was kind of adjacent to like the scum story. So there, there'd be times where he'd like size somebody up for a super kick and then like not do it, or like Carino would slide something in the ring and he's like, oh, I might do it, and he want like he'd won a couple matches after scum got involved where he was seemingly unaware they were getting involved. So they've been the Adam Cole character has grown a lot, even just this year from just being like plucky baby face, Adam Cole to now being more Adam Cole, baby, which we get at the end. Yeah. But, but so that's why I, that's the only reason I was thinking about it. And it's also, they showed scum in the start. We, we really haven't took like, they haven't brought up scum at all. Really, since that match happened, we get Jay Briscoe on TV, who we haven't seen on TV since that that, uh, that cage match or whatever. Or no, it was before that, right? Because he was hurt before the cage match. Yeah, because he had to be replaced in the cage match. I can't see. So they they open the show with a lot of stuff to kind of follow through on, like, hey, here's some stuff we haven't brought up in a while, or people we haven't seen in a while. It's like, all right, let's. I'm 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 curious to see where this goes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and Kevin, that's awesome. I mean, it's good because I unfortunately knew at least what the finals were going to be, um, because with, with Jay's passing, this is one of the big storylines. So I knew this much. So I was like, fuck. So I kind of knew, but we'll we'll definitely get to it. But it's nice because you're going into this totally fresh, hundred percent fresh. It's good to know that okay, you it wasn't spoiled for you. So that's awesome. So that, that makes you feel a little better. Yeah, no, nah, it was dope. What like this whole show was like? Thank God, my both my bosses were off today, so like I literally watched like three hours of wrestling on my uh, monitor at work, so that ruled. And it was it was like refreshing, like going into it again. Like there, I had to have seen this show, but I don't either. I don't remember it, or don't think I ever did. It's just so tough to call ten years ago, like. Well, you watch because like I remember Adam Cole in in Ring of Honor. Like I remember it because yeah. I remember it was such a big deal when he left and went to NXT. I rem like I remember all these guys there, but they look so freaking young and different. It's so freaking bizarre. It's so weird, dude. It's so weird, and that's what like really kind of brought me back and really got me really invested in watching the show. I shut the shade at work. I put the the window down like. I was like, not servicing the service window. Call me, voicemail, boom, I'll get you back on uh, on Friday. Because I ain't doing anything tomorrow either. Nice. Um, and yeah, and Adam Cole's been, I mean, he's been super big. I mean, 
for most of 2010, <laughs> he was on shots at a pole. That was weird to see. Uh, but now he's definitely starting to kind of foreshadowing what's going on here. Uh, that's a show from 10 years ago. You know. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll get into that here a little bit later. Uh, but our first match, Austin Curtain Jerker. Uh, it's Jay Lethal versus Silas Young. It's a preview of the unauthorized 2017 main event from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, my first Ring of Honor show. Uh, you can go back in the Shining Wizards um, back catalog, and uh, I made an appearance and we talked about this very show, but um, I do enjoy how much the crowd hates Silas, uh, close personal friend of Ring of Honor Revelry. Um, you know, and they're really hammering the fact that Jay Lethal was a favorite going into this tournament. Um, but these two have great chemistry. They, they really, really do. Um, obviously, I'm very biased, but Silas you look at the guy, you wouldn't think he can do the things he does. Um, you know, he's got this, I mean, I, I got my notes in here, he's got that innovative backbreaker into the Lariat. Uh, but real quick in the end, Silas misses Misery, uh, Lethal hits uh, Will's favorite move, the Lethal Injection. Uh, and at the end, Silas most sells the code of honor, kind of stick and gets booed out of the building. Um, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, good time. Uh, Kevin, you got any thoughts on this one? I do, and it, again, it's going to be a running theme throughout throughout the coverage of of this show. Is that God Silas Young looks so young? Yeah. No, no pun intended. No pun intended. Like I'm like Silas Young was in Ring of Honor in 2013. Yeah. Like today's years old, realizing that. And you're right, the chemistry is great with them. It it was great years later, seeing Jay Lethal with hair always throws me off, yeah. uh, because I haven't seen him with hair since maybe. 2001 <laughs> so uh other than on tv obviously yeah. but um god it, yeah it was fun the, you're right the chemistry was great the lethal injection was cool the the no selling the uh uh the code of honor was uh was just fun and i guess that brings him to the furthers the real like the only last man man thing that he was been doing so yeah it was fun fun opener super exciting and and Silas Young is a lot leaner, a lot younger, more like way more athletic, and a lot more not into the whole like I'm gonna beat the shit out of you guy character. Still yeah. was, but like could do a lot more than than uh, he did like in recent years when I finally figured out out who he was. So, and uh, just to give you a little background, so he just started like mid 2012, um, and a, a little. Um, a little behind peek of the curtain. So Michael Elgin actually brought him in uh, because those two had a great feud in AAW. And Will and I and my friend, oh, you're, you look Trent Severe. You guys did a couple of impacts. Mm-hmm. We did a watch along of Michael Elgin versus uh, Silas. There's a 60 minute Iron Man match uh, from AAW um, out of Chicago. So Silas just showed up. So um, yeah, he won his way into the tournament. Him and Adam Page have been kind of fucking um, kind of kicking some ass. They've really. They have probably the best five-minute TV match you'll see in your life. They had like a four-minute banger. Uh, that was awesome. So, yeah, Silas has been uh, – he's had a good run. So, uh, Will, any thoughts on this match, obviously, besides uh, your hatred for Jay Lethal? Hatred of Jay Lethal. You're going to get me in trouble with Kevin. So, love Silas Young. I love that he comes out and it's like the semi mic where he's like, all these people are fucking losers. I don't care what they think. The this this the hawk and the loogie in the hand for the code of honor to start with. 
And yeah, the the refu the the refusal of the code of honor at the end, especially because he's you know it's part of his character too, right? Where even if he does something underhanded to get the win, he's still like, "You're gonna shake my hand because I won. Yeah. I'm the better man than you." So this is the first time Silas. And it's always like a big deal when the first time they do it, right? So it's the first time he's not done the code of honor, even if if even if, even if he's lost. So it's a big. Oh, how how could he? I can't believe this. Okay, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, great, yeah, great opener. It was kind of nice. We didn't get a, a tournament match right off the bat, so that was kind of cool. Uh, but our next match is the aforementioned Adam Cole uh, versus the aforementioned uh, Tomasa Ciampa. And KJ, you kind of give me some full... Uh, Ciampa had a decent run in 2012, but then he blew up his knee, so he's just kind of coming back. Um, but he's been putting on fucking banger after banger since he's back. Um, but originally, Adam Cole beat uh, Mark with a cheap shot in the back of the head in the opening round, and then he, quote-unquote, upset Jay Lethal. And then uh, Ciampa and Silas had a great match, uh, probably a top contender for a topper. Uh, actually, Ciampa had a match with Silas, and then Bennett, both matches probably contender for uh match of the tournament. Um Tampa's doing his really new big entrance here. Um, and I know this is kind of off topic, but I keep forgetting that Ciampa and Triple H both are trained by Kirk Walski. Uh, so that definitely kind of explains Triple H's saturation. I hope Ciampa gets one more run in the E. Um, he fucking deserves it. But... He, well, he's he's probably going to be feuding with Gunther. Soon, I think he is feuding with Gunther. So he's been beating up his minions of... Uh, Imperium, and I'm, I'm assuming they're going to be fighting at Fastlane. I, I'm pretty sure that's already confirmed. I don't know for sure, but... Yeah. What's it, Will? What was that? Oh, okay. I know what you did there. All right, took me a second. Just making a car noise. Fastlane. Is Choppa and Gunther... I think it was still Walter. Didn't they have a banger for one of the NXT pay-per-views a couple years ago? Oh, dude. I probably watched the show, but my memory with all the pay per views and all the events that we have to watch and all the TV shows that we watch every single week, I, I can't know. tell you what was watched. What I was just what watched, recently? I just watched New Japan. I still can't keep up with that. So, what's uh, that? I'm just watching right now with current wrestling. All I watch is New Japan. That's the only thing I watch. So, uh, I watch. Like I do my best to watch. Like I watch. I watch Raw. I'll watch Dynamite tomorrow. I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch SmackDown. I'll watch Collision. I'll watch Impact. I, dude, I'm like, I'm reinvigorated in wrestling, except for like. A lot of it. No, I guess that's it, really. I mean, there's really nothing else to really watch. Uh, I mean, ROH, I guess, is. I uh, know. Like, today's ROH is not on my radar at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here. Um, unfortunately, Ball for Glory. Impact is in Chicago, and I think you're right there, Will. Yeah, what's going on over there? <laughs> what's up? Oh, we're just picking on you for blowing your nose. So, uh, what were we talking about before we went off on that tangent of current stuff? Uh, oh, Champa, and uh, he had a good run of matches with the uh, your uh, oh, yeah, he's had good in the tournament. Yeah, he had he had Silas he had Silas in the first round, then he had Mike Bennett in the next round. Both those were really good matches. Um, and this started out this match started out hot. You know, it if um 
Well, let's get to it. But um, he's demolishing Cole. Um, his knee in the barricade was top notch. I mean, they're hitting that knee and flying over the barricade. Um, you can get an exposed floor suplex. Um, and say what you say about Adam Cole. Obviously, you know, Will and I have been watching it a little bit more intently. Motherfucker takes a good whooping. Oh, yeah. You know, um, obviously that hybrid rules match he had with Kyle O'Reilly last year is definitely a match up there. But um, I do like he's added the figure four into his repertoire, and it works because Ciampa's got the bad knee. Um, you know, uh, Champa does get a Project Champa, but because Cole is working on the knee, he can't make the pin. Um, but his knees hurts. But uh, and, uh, in the end, Champa's gets uh, or uh, Champa's in the figure four, and ki- uh, Cole keeps kicking him in the head, and basically Champa passes out and gets pinned, technically. Say. Um, and Adam Cole's moving on. Yeah. Uh, great match. Uh, like I said, yeah, Champa's really kind of stole the tournament. You know, if I didn't know what I knew, I kind of would have figured that Champa would have gone over here. But uh, what'd you guys think? So, so to me, like my favorite part was the finish and working the knee the entire time was awesome. And then the finish when he, he tries to figure for a couple times, puts the pressure on him. And then the finish when he just starts kicking him in the head. Like, you're going to pass out from this figure four or you're going to pass out from me kicking your head or both. Like, it's going to happen. One, like, one way, the other way, or the way, or both. So I I thought that was awesome. I love the the false finishes were really cool in this match, I thought. Like, the Champa, you know, I call it the Eagle Driver just because it's Kevin Matthews' move, but he he does, like, like, the back, which I thought may have been his finish at that point. I don't know if it was or not, but it seemed like it was. But the fact that Champa did it and Cole honestly didn't, I didn't know what was going to be the finish because I didn't know what Champa's status was at that point. So again, not being, not knowing what was going to happen made this match way more enjoyable than it already had every right to be. So yeah, I love the finish was awesome. The figure four with the kicks and the, the pin with the, the pass out. Yeah. It's uh, I wish I could track down the podcast too, because Champa uh, was on Lillian Garcia's podcast like four years ago. Um, and he was always so close in the ring of honor, he said, but they never pulled the trigger on him. I was hoping this would be the time. But, um, well, what do you think of this match? The match, I thought, you know, was really good, which we say about that in ring of honor a lot. I mean, the, the, the talent is – like the in-ring talent is, is not the issue with ring of honor's TV program. Like, the matches are always going to be spot on. The big storyline takeaway is that these guys won – the coin flip, so they had their tournament match first. Well, that's right. So they have more of a breather before the main event where they have to wrestle a second time. Right about that. It's a good call. Great new so Adam Cole, despite getting thrown around ringside, uh, gets to hang out in the back until the main event. He's got time to recover. Yeah. Good call. Um, and, you know, honestly, and, you know, Will, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but I, obviously, you know, Champ is not going to win the tournament, but I really, he's probably the best performer in the tournament overall. Um, Elgin's probably a close second, but, um, but speaking of Michael Elgin, uh, we get a rematch of, uh, Tom and Will's match of the year, uh, 2012, uh, Kevin Steen and Michael Elgin. Uh, Elgin beat Paul London in a great match and Machine Gun, Carl Anderson, uh, both in great matches. And then Kevin Steen beat uh, Brian Kendrick and uh, Roddy Strong and, uh, to get in here. But, um, you know, but sometimes you forget Michael Elgin's really fucking short. 
I mean, yes. Dean's not tall, and he's got a couple inches on him, but obviously he's, he's thick as fuck. Um, we get Ole Champ, so obviously El Generico is still in the hearts and minds of Ring of Honor, even though he's only passed away at about nine months at this point. Um, and I really love Kevin Steen getting out of uh, the test of strength of the trans, uh, transition to a sweet monkey flip. Uh, you do kind of forget that Kevin Steen can fucking wrestle. Um, you know, and every time Elgin does a, you know, a moonsault or a drop kick, uh, lots of actual wrestling moves. Um, love Steen going for the buckle bomb into the underhook, into the sharpshooter. Uh, and, it's, and then Steen's added the super uh, sleeper suplex uh, to his repertoire. Uh, nailed Elgin with it like four or five times, which will come into play later. Um, yeah, but uh, Elgin wins it with his little STF thingy. And uh, at the end, you know, Kevin Steen really kind of puts over Michael Elgin here. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't I don't know where these guys were in, the, in their career at this point. But um, I know, like, uh, Elgin, I, I don't know if this is before or after. Wasn't Elgin a ROH champ or no? He, he was. I don't know if this is before or after that. It was before. Yeah, it was before. So, like, again, not a big Elgin guy, but there's a, a lot of sequences in this match that that I really, really loved. The whole, like, run to the ropes, elbow, elbow, pop-up powerbomb uh, sort of deal. And then there was, like, a big, huge deadlift that I think Elgin did uh, from, Kevin, from, like, literally, like, which is, like, you don't, you don't jump on those deadlifts. Like, Kevin Steen doesn't jump on those deadlifts, right? Elgin lifts him up. So that was really cool. Um, uh, I mean, this physical, obviously very physical, which was what you would have expected and total, total opposite. I think they may have even touched on this on commentary. Is that a total opposite of the first semifinal match? Yeah. Which is, which was Adam Cole and uh, Champa. So it was just, it was a fun match for all like different reasons that you would expect from like today's ring of honor. It was just so like, like I, I would watch this match a lot to be honest with you. And it was just so cool to see. And um, oh, what did you say about, you said, so, you said something that I wanted to follow up on, but I wanted to mention about Adam Cole. Oh, Kevin no, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I love the match. Uh, physical, hard fought, fought two big dudes. Kevin was Mr. Wrestling at this point, I believe he called himself. So, like, that was that was super funny. That that made me laugh. So, yeah, I mean, not, no complaints about anything so far. Yeah, I mean, we love Kevin Steen. I'm gonna put this out in the universe again, like I do every week. If someone can find me, that Kevin Steen with his uh, mugshot t shirt says criminal Jeffy on the bottom, uh, it's a brother up, I'll give you some money. Uh, but Will, what's the match? This is the meat match because this is really the only two, the really only two like heavyweight powerhouse wrestlers that Ring of Honor has. And this was the big story going into the tournament, right? Is Elgin's like, I can beat all these people, and scenes like, well, you couldn't beat me. Yeah. So yeah. you knew we we're gonna get this match at some point, and. It delivered right, and it was the the Kenny put him away, and he he used a move that's kind of a newer addition to the repertoire, like that cross face STF. Yeah. Because he still he couldn't he couldn't pin Kevin Steen. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think. Yeah, of that. your your attention to detail is is on point. Well, and uh, 
and then oh god i was gonna say something else oh and the video uh, we talked about video package before the video package leading up to to this match was pretty intense too so like the story behind this like you get caught up pretty quick good okay so. perfect yeah and you know we'll attention to detail this motherfucker didn't take notes and i got my other laptop here and i still forget shit so. <laughs> i will's the brains of this operation so um, yeah, great match. You know, Michael Elgin, obviously, probably making a good case for match wrestler of the year. But I've got a couple months here. Elgin is Elgin is beat up though, right? He he got beat up way more, and he had a, a much more physically uh, exhausting match than Cole just had, because Cole got out of there easy peasy, all things considered. Oh, Champa put a whoop. See, I thought Champa put a whooping on him. Chompa, that's the story they're selling is that Cole's got more time to recover, and that Elgin got had had a rougher go of it in his semifinal match than Cole did. Yeah, so they're they're definitely like well, like Will said, they're definitely putting that over on commentary. I disagreed with them. We'll get into that in the main event. Um, I thought that Adam Cole also had a physical match, but, um, but yeah, I mean Elgin was beat up after this. Obviously, Kevin Steen had to almost literally pick him up. They did the whole ice pack treatment on him and everything. So, yeah, it was cool that you could see Steen kind of passing the torch to Elgin at the end of the match. Um, so, these two would have been fun as a tag team. So, obviously, we are big fans of Michael Elgin's in-rig work on this show. Uh, that's all we're going to say because obviously we know happen later. Uh, but, uh, quick promo here. They're talking about uh, how the tag team division has been a little volatile. Um, well, I don't know about you, but I don't know where all these matches have been. They've been hot potatoing the shit out of the belts. Uh, but we've got the American Wolves versus the Forever Hooligans. Um, and I thought it was kind of cool. You know, they got Davian Richards, are you know, Noah through and through. Uh, but obviously, the Forever Hooligans are the current IWGP uh, junior tag team uh, champions. Rocky Romero debuted in 1997. We're talking about wrestlers that look like they haven't aged a fucking bit. Rocky Romero. I mean, goddamn. Um, yeah, these four have great chemistry. Uh, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis really playing up the rival promotions angle, so I like that. Um, Edwards and Bobby Fish are still Noah tag. Did they say they were tag team champions or just a tag team in Noah? Did you guys catch that? Fish and Edwards. I think Fish and Edwards were a tag team in Noah. Okay, but they're not champions, all right. Um, they were not currently because neither one of them, I think, are regularly in Noah. Okay. Um, yeah, and then there, I um, I have to kind of they had chuckle when Kevin Kelly was talking shit, but uh, they're shouting you chanting USA at Rocky, but I mean Rocky was from the United States. Um, no one said that people in Philly were too smart, so I would jump on that hand for everybody. Um, I always love the surfboard and the rope move by Rocky. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Rocky and Kozlov do the whole hug thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, I do, uh, there's a backpack stunner. Shout out to my good friend, Mr. Chucky Gray from Sierra. Um, stereo trio, Wool and Edwards on the outside like that. Davey with the, uh, the dual trailer hitch ankle lock move. Uh, in the end, the Hooligans get a frog splash on Richards uh, as Rocky's holding him up um, and a burning hammer into a stomp, and Richards gets pinned. Um, like I like to do, I kind of bullguarded most of that. What did you guys think of this? And uh, were you pleasantly surprised to see the Forever Hooligans on your TV screen, KJG? 
so full disclosure, if you asked me like yesterday who the forever hooligans were, <laughs> wouldn't be able to tell you. No clue. No, I obviously Rocky Romero, I know very well, but former guest of the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. And this is almost kind of embarrassing, but I had to like look up like who like who is that? Who is Kozlov? Who is this other guy? Yeah. Now I know he I know who he is now. I know he he does doesn't he do some commentary for New Japan, and doesn't yep. he? Um, uh, uh, Sherman is I think this is his real last name. So I did do my research on him and how long he's been wrestling. But watching this, no clue who the Forever Hooligans were. With that being said. This match was action. All action. A lot of action. A uh, lot, lot of... Uh, and it's again, it's amazing to see how young Eddie Edwards looks. Yeah. It's amazing to see how young Rocky Romero looks, even though he probably he looks almost the same now. And just uh, the, the double stomp sequence. The, like, like the, the, the double, double stomp sequence uh, between them. It was... It, it was a fun match. Again, I didn't know enough about the Forever Hooligans to to really appreciate it what it was, but to see like Eddie Edwards at that age at that time. The only thing that really bothered me though, Eddie Edwards, Davy Richards, not matching gear. Didn't didn't like it, hated it. Actually, this match on the Meltzer scale gets a one, one star. That's it. I mean, they're I mean they're all legit taking. Uh, I know, I know what they are. They're the I, oh, it's. <laughs> And I love how, like they mentioned on commentary, if if they had won the belts, uh, the the press in Japan would have gone nuts over it. Like, but uh, yeah, get some gear, get some matching gear. Two thousand thirteen, right? You you know they have it. You know they have the matching gear. Why aren't you wearing the matching gear? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that that was the biggest pet peeve of it all. Is that you know you got it? I've seen it. Yeah, you've seen it recently. I've watched it. Yeah. Uh, it. Especially with, with their push that they want to retake over the tag team division. Because when they set up the tournament, they both said, you know, we're the only former champions around, but we don't want to be in the tournament because we want the tag belts. And then it's like the little stuff that you're saying. It's like, then where, where's your matching gear? If you guys are going to be the Wolves, where's your matching gear? Yeah. Biggest yeah. pet peeve of all time yeah, and for tag teams. It's frustrating too because I mean they keep pushing like oh we're pushing the tag team division pushing the tag team division, um, and Will and I are like they really didn't. <laughs> where is it? Because uh, it just happened because literally the Forever Hooligans just beat Red Dragon for the belts because they had a pay per view in Toronto and Bobby Fish can't go to Canada, and then the American Bulls beat the Forever Hooligans. Yeah, and then the next week Red Dragon beat the, it all, all within a three week span. So I'm thinking this is so I'm thinking that hype video is for a Ring of Honor tie team title match. It's and then and then I feel like then Red Dragons in an eight man with the Ring of Honor tie team titles, but the IWGP Junior Heavyweight tag titles are being dependent on the show. Very very perplexed. Very yeah. perplexed. You're, you're not the only. We got a pay per view and the titles aren't being defended. Two titles aren't defended. No no TV title defense and no tag title defense. But is the TV champion there? Oh, yeah, it's Matt Taven. Oh, God, yeah. Matt Taven. Yeah. So, um, real quick. Dairy, New Hampshire's own, Matt Taven. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I've been to Dairy, New Hampshire, by the way. Um, I have photographic evidence. Uh, but, Will, before we go on, uh, do you have any thoughts on this match? Sorry, I kind of skipped over there, buddy. No, another great offering. 
uh, from the Wolves and the Forever Hooligans. This is like the third or fourth time we've seen them wrestle in the last, like, what, two months? Yeah. Um, they, they, it's good every time. It's, it's like, it's the, some of the parts argument, right? Like, you, you can't have a bad match. Yeah. With, with these guys involved. Um, they just need to step out the tag team division, hopefully. So, I mean, the Young Bucks, and they're, they're making appearances. They're on the last one. Uh, where are the Bravado brothers? You know, you know, and then you've got, you know, four of your tag, well, three of your tag teams and an eight-man, but we'll keep it positive. But a little quick promo here. I love you get your perspective on this, KJ. But uh, R.D. Evans and Veda Scott. So Veda Scott is now a, a bad person. That She's a lawyer. Um, and obviously, um, we got martial law. Uh, but Veda announced that QT Marshall is not there. Uh, but she's, um, you know, announces that R.D. Evans pulverized hand courtesy of Outlaw Inc. Um, why didn't they have a match on the show? Um, and R.D. Evans isn't leaving until he gets justice. Uh, then Adam Page answers the call. Um, horrible fucking music. Oh, my God. Will, have we just not seen Adam Page's music, or have I just noticing how bad this was? Um, but Nigel didn't It's never really before. stood out because he's always in, like, some opening match thing. I mean, it. Yeah. It's never really stood out to me, but it's. I like how Kevin Kelly the whole time too is like, they're not even booked. Like QT Marshall wasn't even supposed to have a match. What the hell are they doing here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he's not, if he doesn't want to have a match, why is he out here in gear? What are they doing? Yeah, but uh, Paige makes sure work of Artie Evans. Um, in my notes here, I literally have typed, "I don't care." Um, and then Nigel told <laughs> Nada to wear some underwear. I thought that was kind of creepy. Um, plus KGG, I mean, would you, uh, how'd you think of seeing young Adam Page here? All right, so, so first of all, had no idea who R.D. Evans was. Had, has he, is he, was he ever somebody else or no? No, he's been basically R.D. Evans. He's been around a bit. Um, I guess he's actually kind of a decent, um, new fighter. Um, he's been he's been teamed up with QT Marshall. Their their martial law because Artie Evans is a, a lawyer, a barrister. Today or then? Um, well, then. Okay. Also, had no clue QT Marshall had anything to do with Ring of Honor ever in my life. So again, again, this is a point in my life where Ring of Honor was not an issue for me. Like I, it wasn't a priority. So this is really actually cool to to learn all these things. When I heard that promo. When I heard QT Marshall's name, like it was like, all right, that's pretty cool. But the fact that he was there and um oh he wasn't there, but his name was mentioned was pretty was pretty dope. Uh and then hearing Adam Page was there, and then they kinda like he must have like the way that they like like promoted his name, like the commentators, Kevin Kelly and Nigel, like he wasn't anything at this point yet. He, he's, they were saying like he had a couple matches on yep. TV. Um, I mean, he's had, I mean, he's, he's been around a little bit. Yeah, he hasn't gotten a win yet, but him and Silas had a match to get into the tournament, uh, which he lost. Um, yeah. So he's been, he's been losing. He's been like a, a glorified, like enhancement kind of guy type <laughs> thing. He had what probably what will six seven matches. Yeah, he he's he's brought out to open the shows basically. He's had like three or four matches with Silas Young. Okay, but, like there was a there was a stint where it's like oh it's opening match of the show we're gonna get an Adam Page match against somebody. 
Yeah. Uh, so, they, so, so you can they, tell by the they crowd. Him out. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was say, they've been wheeling him out, but he's not like it's not like somebody they've really made up to like they've said like he's got a contract or whatever, but he's not somebody that like they like you see like on the reg. Yeah. Right. So like and you could tell that by the way the crowd reacted to him yeah. when he did come out. Like he got he got a, a nice little reaction, but like not like and that might be like my recency bias, like compared to like the reactions he gets now. But yeah. like like seeing like anyone come out to like confront a douchebag, you usually always cheer him. And like this crowd like was like wishy washy about how when when he came out. Like this R. D. Evans dude was a p- complete douche, and he has complete bitch as a as a second as a valet, the, his lawyer or whatever it is. So I mean, that's just fun. It, it was it was what it was. It was a fine segment. Weird on a pay per view, but decent enough, especially for uh, an Adam Page guy who doesn't really do much unless it's to promote him more. And I don't know what he does after this. So. I mean, they're high on Adam Page, but yeah, he's definitely more an advancement talent, particularly definitely sees cards. Uh, but I do want to mention, uh, full disclosure here, uh, Mr. S- uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, that Kevin said that Vader Scott was a bitch. I didn't say it. Will didn't say it. So On TV. I know. Her character. I know. I'm just fucking I like Veda. Mike Bailey has teeth that are way too white. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got to say. I mean, about they got to be heels. They're 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 both lawyers. They got to be heels. <laughs> Mike Bailey's a lawyer. No, Veda's a lawyer. No, uh, R. R. D. Evans and Veda Scott's characters are both supposed to be lawyers. R. D. Evans wears a cape. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, Actually, on Seinfeld, George Costanza's father's lawyer wears a cape. Really? Oh yeah. Well, but that's that- like a, that's in the nineties, so. Anyway, yeah, the the R.D. Evans thing's been a been a wild thing because he started out being like the barrister and he was part of uh, the embassy, and then he kind of usurped the embassy from Prince Nana from like under his nose, and then at some point he decided he was going to become a wrestler, and he wears this get up with like the cape and. Oh, I remember that. All right, I remember R.D. <laughs> Evans now. All right. But but KG, all bullshit aside, though, I mean, I don't mean to speak for Will here, but QT Marshall is pretty close to breakout star of Ring of Honor in 2013. Okay. If you get a chance, he's had a bunch of really good matches. Um, Oh, I don't doubt it. He has pretty good matches now. Yeah. It's a shame that they they don't really give him – because, like, they made a big deal about, like, at a pay-per-view in 2012, he won his contract in, like, a multi-man match. And it's like, wow – he looks really good, and he has good showings. But then they paired him up with R.D. Evans, and it's like this isn't doing anything for QT Marshall because he's he's really not getting like the ring time. He doesn't need a mouthpiece. Yeah, I don't get the mouthpiece part. Like QT Marshall to me reminds me, and and God, please not on commentary. He reminds me a lot of Matt Stryker. Okay. Like. Again, not no, not seeing a lot of his in-ring stuff, but like just like his microphone skills and AEW and all that stuff, he kind of like has like a parallel to me of Matt Stryker. God forbid if he ever does commentary, don't be as bad as Matt Stryker because Matt Stryker is the worst that's ever done it. But like, so but that's he puts why- over our great sport. How could you say that? Our great sport, our sport. 
Will you? All right. Well, I get it. I get what you did there. I see it. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance, it's on Tubi. Uh, but there's actually a pretty good uh, wrestling documentary about PT Marshall a couple years after this. So I am a big Tubi. Tubi's like it's a free uh, movie service. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's one of those like Pluto, um, but it's totally free. You just get ads and shit. All right, I didn't know that. Sorry, it's almost it's, it's quarter to midnight. I'm I'm kind yeah. of tired. Yeah, no, it's it's not illegal either. So it's it's on the other. Uh, um, all right, uh, and then we go to the most random match of the pay per view. Uh, our boy Roddy Strong versus Ricky Marvin. Um, I knew Ricky Marvin's name, but um, but I guess he's been wrestling in uh, our super crazy promotion in Chile. I thought that was pretty cool. I've been in Chile. It's a big country. Um, I thought that was pretty rad. Uh, Roddy's uh, st- style suited very well for the loose style. Um, Marvin, you know, running the ropes uh, into the double drop kick. I thought that was fun. Into a reverse turn piranha. Uh, then Roddy gets a sick kick for the win. Um, okay. This is a good match. But can you guys explain the ending to me? Like he pins him? I thought- I thought somebody fucked up because I thought he was down and out, and then like, oh, it's not over yet. It's like, oh. what do you mean it's not over yet? Was this the was this the two count that they then Kevin Kelly said it's over, and then was this yeah. the match? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I rewatched it, and I'm like, he didn't even try to kick out, and they just power bombed him for the win later, like t- five seconds later. No, not even. It was literally the next move. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't at first I I noticed it when I watched it, but then like as soon as like the actual pinfall happened, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like it is what it is. It was still cool. Like maybe he kicked out. Maybe I just maybe I just missed it. Oh. I watched like four or five times, like he didn't do anything. uh, So like I didn't I guess maybe I didn't like invest that much into it because it's wrestling and like stuff does happen and like uh you know if it I, I, I just assumed he kicked out and I missed it. And yeah. then he did the 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 wing de- or whatever, not the wing deal, but the double on the hook power bomb, whatever he did and, and got him. So yeah, I didn't put too much into that, but I mean I don't blame They're probably him like, hey, they're probably like, Hey, this guy's a big deal in these other promotions. Let's uh, uh don't let him fall on like the first pinfall. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's yeah, maybe he's kind of a big deal. But uh but I, I do remember Ricky Marvin. Like that's another name that I remember hearing at some point in my wrestling fandom, yeah. and then seeing him again wrestle and seeing him like, kind of not like not, Lucha. He's he looked like a Viana without a mask, yeah. so like he like he couldn't him running the ropes like that like he did. It's pretty yeah. impressive. Ricky Marvin was was good shit. Um, you know, I kind of glanced over that match real quick. Will you got any thoughts on this one besides the weird fucked up thing? Let's just smoke this. I, I felt so lost because the way they're putting him over, I'm like, I feel like I should know who Ricky Marvin is, but I have no idea who this guy is. Yeah. Um, it was good to you know see Roddy on, on the pay-per-view and everything, so. Yeah. Wolverine. <laughs> um, but next we get a, a rather lengthy promo. Uh, BJ Whitmer uh, was pile-drived on the apron by Bennett. Um, they called the match earlier, and then they talked about no injuries to happen. Uh, so Nigel calls out BJ Whitmer to talk about his future. Um, you know, obviously with everything that's going on with BJ Whitmer, the motherfucker is a tough son of a bitch. So, so when we were on the apron bump, we watched a match with him in Homicide that was fucking ridiculous. 
Um, you know, but uh, BJ thinks the stature, he, uh, he thinks James Polsky carries Silken. Um, and just Nigel's credit again, he looks pretty broken up. Uh, and you know, BJ tells him he's decided to call it a career. Um, but then BJ calls out Jimmy Jacobs. Um, you know, they talk, he's had a bloody feud, and you know, Jimmy stood by him while he's injured. Uh, and then in the end, BJ asks for a favor, says Nigel wants uh, Jimmy to get his job back. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. I definitely not where I thought this was going. Um, you know, and uh, they're talking how Nigel had wrestled Jimmy Jacobs in a tent outside the very building. Uh, but Jimmy Jacobs is back starting tomorrow. Uh, BJ gets the thank you and chant and locker room gives him a clap and everything. Um, real quick, Will, did you have any thoughts on this promo? Kind of shocked. I did not think this was where they were going. I'll let Will it was way too that. long. I thought this was way too long, and I thought it was weird. That he's like, I know Jimmy Jacobs is in the back because that also kind of screws with the storyline because nobody from Scum has been seen since Scum was forcibly disbanded. So I just for him to be like, oh, Jimmy's in the back. It's like, kayfabe, brother. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, like, knowing – Stuff that kind of comes ahead, like I know, I know we come, I know Whitmer comes back, so I'm curious to see how long he's actually gone before he comes back. And then Jimmy Jacobs again, knowing that he has the the feuds later on with BJ Whitmer when he's part of the decade and all that stuff. So it's like, all right, well, how long? Again, like how long was Jimmy Jacobs going to be out before he's back in? Yeah. It was all right. It was just a little long. It was kind of like two oddball segments in a row where you have this kind of oddball match, and then you have this farewell promo from the guy who, like, throws himself through tables head first. It's like, all right. Shit, I'm this guy break his neck in the match in the past year. So, um, KGG, your thoughts on this? All right, so watching this in a complete vacuum just for the promo, not knowing the backstory, uh, it was just as emotional as any other, like, retirement promo that you ever see, from whether it's Edge or Daniel Bryan or – or you know, it was just one of those things for me. For me, that's what it was. And then uh, and Jimmy Jacobs being there, he mentioned their history. So it was what it was. To me, like, I didn't have enough invested in it to, to have an opinion super one way or the other. I mean, it was a nice segment. I always love a good roster come out, hug type scenario. And we're talking about two, 2013. And is, is B.J. Whitmer is a, is a bad guy now, right? He's a good guy. No, but like now, like oh, now. now. Well, yeah, until yeah, he's not. Is, is that is that who we're talking about? Okay, then yeah, then um, uh, I, but the segment in 2013 was fun. I love, I I enjoy those kind of things. Yeah, um, I mean, anytime I see Jimmy Jacobs on my screen, so um, yeah, Leslie Wilson was definitely a little bit long, but uh, I I know sold Jimmy Jacobs on a, ha- a handshake once. I didn't shake his hand <laughs> by accident. I didn't realize who he oh, was no. at the time. Yeah, it was bad. It wasn't bad. Like, no one gave a fuck. But, like, in my head, like, you know how I am, Will. Like, in my head, it was bad. It kept me up all night. Like, why didn't I shake Jimmy Jacobs' hand? Like, why didn't I introduce myself to Jimmy Jacobs at a show where I have – I shook my – I shook the hand of the owner of the company, but not Jimmy Jacobs. Like, oof. Um, Jimmy Jacobs is a former ICW Milwaukee World Champion or Heavyweight Champion. 
Um, also, by the way. Um, well, on to our penultimate main event. Uh, we've got some eight-man action with all this great tag team action, so let's just put three of our tag teams in the match together. Uh, but we've got CNC Wrestle Factory and Adrenaline Rush uh, versus Bennett and Caven and Red Dragon. Um, surprise, surprise, not to be this guy, but of course, the four people of color are teamed up again. Surprise, surprise, for what will the 80th time so far this year? Um, you know, I mean, we're pushing the tag team division, but you got the champs and then eight man and pay per view, but whatever. Uh, but it was cool to see Bennett and Caven came me up for the first time. We're definitely planting some seeds for the future here. We'll just throw that out there. Um, they have the matching gear, yeah, and they're not even a tag team. Uh, all in purple. You know, Caven's out with many a hottie. Uh, so it was all three of them this time. Uh, I mean, you know, one of those is Scarlet Bordeaux, right? Well, they're all licensed men. Yeah. Hey, did you, did you see one of those is Scarlet Bordeaux? The hotties? So I heard them mention the name Scarlet. I did not realize it was Scarlet. I I, I thought it. Did not realize it was Scarlet Bordeaux. I assumed it, but I didn't know it. Um, uh... Yeah, Maria. Oh, Maria likes Truth Martini because he's all about business. But uh, you know, but she's picking on the hotties for being kind of scantily clad. I thought that's kind of funny coming from Maria. Bobby Fish keeps leaving the match to do commentary. Uh, Maria's not having it. Some some sees with Bennett and Fish. Uh, saying she's um, you know, kept seeing Bobby said, Fish says some mean things. Uh, ACH and Bobby Fish have a fun back and forth because ACH is great. Uh, things got a little chaotic. Uh. You know, Maria says Mike is the best at everything. Sorry, it's Michael Bennett now. My bad. Lots of chaos. Um, I would really like to see Tadarius Thomas and Kyle O'Reilly in a mixed martial arts match thingy. Um, you know, once again, Caprice elbowing everyone. We get some sexual assault on Maria uh, and the hotties. And in the end, uh, CNC Wrestle Factory gets the pin uh, with the overtime. And then Outlaw Inc. shows up, clears the ring. Uh, Kingston says they're crowning new champs, even if the real champs never or they're crowning a new champ tonight, even though the real champ never lost it. But now they are putting the new champ's Red Dragon on notice. Um, KJG, any funny thoughts on this one? Funny? No. Tired? Yes. Um, <laughs> we're almost done. We're doing the main events next. So. Oh no, I got no, I get it. No, I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't a that wasn't a shot. It was just me just being honest. Um, so we're talking about the promo or the match? The eight man. The, the eight man. That was like the one thing that I couldn't keep my attention focused on for some reason. It was just, to me, it was too much from the entrances to like the finish, to the commentary, to, uh, to everything. I just literally couldn't keep my attention on this match for some reason. Like this was the, I guess my like get up powder match, I guess, which is unfortunate because I never realized that CNC uh, wrestling factory was Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So that ruled. I love Bennett. I love Taven. I love how I think they were hinting, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know how quick the kingdom comes into play after this, but they were hinting about like Taven and Bennett actually becoming a tag team. So I don't know how far into this that plays, but they were definitely hinting at um, Michael Bennett getting a tag team partner and they're both wearing purple and how they were looking in the hotel room to try to see what we were wearing or all that stuff. And, uh, and uh, so, so th- that aspect was okay, but a lot of distraction in this match and a lot of people in the ring with the, with the streamers and the eight on eight and with the hotties and the, the truths and the whatever. So 
I didn't pay that much attention to this match. I just I just couldn't do it. Um, and I would never, ever, ever wish someone to get fired. I um, know we talked about this last week, but I kind of wish Cedric would be like go from WWE. So I'm not going to use him. He is just so fucking good. And he is great at this time, too. So. Ooh. Yeah. Shelton got like, yeah, that's that's wild. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Cedric didn't get let go. Yeah. Give me Cedric Alexander in the 2024 Best of Super Juniors. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, um, Will, what'd you think? This is the part of the show where they said, all right, here's all the people that we have to have on the show, but we don't have managers for them. Yeah. Like like Kevin said, this is the this is run and grab one last beer, try to grab a t shirt. I don't really get what the shtick uh, that Eddie Kingston and Homicide are really supposed to be like going for with like the clown masks and stuff. Like weren't they told that they had to or something like that? Or or is that they, just they're them? Told they had to wear the suits? Okay. So like the master is like another. It's like so that must have been like one of their ideas, and you know nobody's saying no. So, <laughs> but again, it's like a half baked idea where they're like Nigel, look, we're wearing suits. So it's like well, that was never really brought up. But then again, Eddie Kingston was a big part of the CZW Ring of Honor feud they had last year, and that was on like an episode of TV. There was like one match. So were Eddie and Eddie and Homicide Outlaw Inc. That was a that but, was a thing in Ring of Honor at that point, right? And then they were, like, or were they? This is a this is a fairly new thing. Fairly new thing. Okay, so they were they like was it like an invasion is, thing or was it a like not this angle itself? They were uh, like them coming. Was it like a them coming from CZW thing or were they already in Ring of Honor or what was it? Um, Homicide was already in Ring of Honor. Uh, Eddie was in CZW and at one of the last shows, Prince Nana was like, oh, I'm a new talent scout. He's like, oh, I've got this great new tag team. Uh, And they they brought him out and it was Outlaw Inc. And they, but they came out twice during the show in like the same way. It's like, well, it's not a surprise. They've already done this like uh, earlier in the show. So they they did like the whole entrance and everything. It's like, just have them run out and beat people up that we already know. Right. Yeah, it's... yeah, I mean, it was cool the first time, but, you know, I mean, hopefully they stick around and we get some kind of, you know, team division, but we shall see. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, we are on to our main event. Um, quick spoiler alert programming note, uh, this match will uh, we will also be going over next week because uh, it is the entire episode of TV next week, but uh, what we've all been waiting for, Adam Cole, the long shot, the dark horse in this whole thing versus Michael Elgin uh, to be the new Ring of Honor world champion. Um, you know, and like Will had talked about earlier, you know, Elgin's all messed up. Uh, Elgin, you know, Michael Elgin, um, I personally think he got whooped by Ciampa, but that is what it is. Um, they brought up three judges. But there's no winner after 60 minutes. I was like, well, I was looking at the time. I'm like, well, I know this doesn't go um, 60 minutes. But it's Kerry Tilkin, uh, Joe Koff, uh, played by yours truly on the Brain Buster Boys. So if you want to go back to <laughs> Mr. Boys, I had done uh, 
I played the role of Jokoff. Uh, and Prince Nana, the new matchmaker. Um, now they're Townscout. Townscout, yeah. Right. Um, Kevin Kelly keeps putting over the fact that Adam Cole went to his first Ring of Honor show when he was nine. Um, which was the first Ring of Honor show was 11 years ago, so I don't think Adam Cole is 20. Um, no offense, Kevin Kelly. Or with Best of the Channing Music Podcast, by the way. Um, nice. Um, Oh, so yeah, um, so these guys have some history. Uh, of course, keep talking about oh, you had the record semi final match. Um, I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, uh, what the? I don't even I, know. That's not good. Sorry, Kevin. Yeah. No, no. So they also mentioned the judges were there just in case the match ended in a count out. Yeah. So that could also like negate the whole 60 minute. Like timeline thing, like so, like if, if someone got knocked out for I don't even know if it was ten or twenty in Ring of Honor, but a twenty count, like the judges would still be able to determine a winner, yeah. even though even though like someone may have won by count out, yeah. the count out doesn't count because the judges are there, right? Will does that, do I have that right? Yeah, because they they were like they're playing up like they're taking notes and they're like, oh, here's like my 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 leader right now, but I I shared the sentiment with they're like. We're gonna bring out these judges in case it's not over in an hour, and the crowd just starts booing. It's mm-hmm. like, just have the match keep going. Then if it's not, <laughs> yeah, um, and- it's like you can't end it with not. But then like, oh, we're gonna have judges, and the crowd's just like, no, this is dumb. <laughs> oh no, you definitely can't end it like that. But that at least explains like why like you can you can like at least have a reasonable expectation that the match could end. In the time frame of how much time is left on the yeah. show, I don't mean to pick nits or anything, but Ring of Honor is owned by a billion dollar TV company, and you can't get these guys a nicer looking table. Honor or something, it looked super cheesy and cheap. Um, well, it's because it's a gimmick table, brother. <laughs> you know, put a fucking linen on it. You know, I do set up, I don't know how shit works, but. It is what it is. Um, you know, and uh, obviously they're playing up because uh, uh, Michael Elgin couldn't even do the delayed suplex. Um, he only had it up for like 15 seconds, not the normal 60. Um, I think maybe he also did that because he knew Philadelphia couldn't count to 60. Um, we had a couple shows where like where the crowd's getting into it and they can't count past 20. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I did not realize that uh, Austin Aries actually beat Samoa Joe uh, in that same building. Ending Samoa Joe's record reign, but uh, yeah, they mentioned that, right? Didn't they? Yeah, um, but you know, in the end, the classic role, you know, the ref gets hit, opponent moment, um, you know, Michael Elgin gets the pin on Cole, um, but you know, then they keep the match going on, um, in the end, it's the unbeatable Florida key for the win. Uh, before we get to what happens there, uh, Adam Cole wins the match. Uh, KGG, how do you feel about uh, the Florida Key being finisher like this? I know it's kind Re- of a question, but... Repeat that one more time? Uh, the Florida Key, um, I've been griping on here for about eight months because no one ever kicks out of the Florida Key. Um, it's, the, it's the finisher no one ever kicks out of. How do you feel like this match ending on, on Adam Cole's weak-ass Florida Key suplex? All right, so here's... I... This is gonna this is gonna be embarrassing, but the only thing I remember is 
uh, from this, not the entire match. I don't, it's so sad. I don't remember the finish. I remember him doing the Panama sunrise. And for some reason in my head, I kept thinking that that was the first time he ever did it based on the way the crowd reacted. Is that not, was that not the first time he did the Panama sunrise? He hasn't busted it out in a while. So like, I was so mesmerized by like that being like the first time he did the Panama sunrise that like, I know Elgin kicked out of it. I don't even know how I, I can't even tell you. I can't even remember how the match. And I remember what happened after the match. I just don't know what's the Florida key. Is it like the submission? It's it's like, so the Florida keys is like it's the arm trap German suplex that he he does. Oh yeah so yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And... yeah, I remember now. I liked it because it wasn't expected to me. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just really soiled on it because it's the only move in Ring of Honor no one ever kicks out of. Um, but well, Elgin kicked out of it. The Florida key. Yeah, because Adam Cole did it a couple times during the match. Oh wow, my notes were completely out shit on this. He he won it at the end because he he hit another move, then he did a German suplex, and then he did another Florida Keys. So he hit like three Florida Keys. So it's 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 like Brock Lesnar or Jace. You hit eight million German suplexes and or eight million F fives, and you hit one, and it wins. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a good thing we get to rewatch this match next week, Will. But uh... the the standout move for me is I. I, I'll say I'll chalk it up to if I didn't listen to the Shining Wizards, I wouldn't have been aware of it because I wouldn't have known what MLW was and I wouldn't have known what Alexander Hammerstone was because Michael Elgin busted out what Hammerstone calls the Nightmare Pendulum, and yeah. I don't think it was done as like an intentional move. It was just done as like a move, and I'm like, holy shit, it's a Nightmare Pendulum, but it's not like a thing yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, KJG, as the guest on the show, would you like us to take us through what happened in the end? Your call, coach. But I mean, it's the to me, it was all it was the biggest surprise of the night for me because I had no clue that it was ever going to come. Okay, yeah, what happened? What with the the super kick? Yeah. Oh, with Jay, with uh, Jay Uso coming out and handing him the <laughs> handing him the belt, and then. Uh, him taking it, saying thank you, thank you. <laughs> Looks like they're gonna concede to the to code of honor. Looks like even even Jey Uso is gonna go over and shake Elgin's hand to see if he's okay. But before Jey Uso could do that, uh, Adam Cole goes, "Hey, Us!" And then <laughs> before he could even turn around, kicks him in the back of the head, and uh, and then we get some uh, Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. So the Adam Cole uh, heel turn is complete. Um, the crowd goes nuts. Obviously, Jay Briscoe is a huge guy in Philadelphia. Um, he's, he's a huge person wherever he goes. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that you were pleasantly surprised by that. That's awesome. Yeah, no idea. No clue. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's good. So, um, Will, did you know how that kind of ended before you saw this? I mean, I knew you knew the result, but did you know that happened? I feel like, like you said, I've seen the clip before. Because I've seen like the clips about Adam Cole, Jay Briscoe, and when I started really watching Ring of Honor, that was the big feud over the world titles. Who's the real world champion? The guy who has the belt versus the guy who never lost the belt. Yeah. Um. You no, know, it was a nice fall through the story, right? Because I kind of wish they played up 
a little more. Like they had Adam Cole use the J driller against Mark to win in that tournament match. Yeah. So I was kind of when they started with that, I was almost expecting there to be a little more. Like, is he going to do like the neck breaker? Like, is he just going to start like cherry picking Jay Briscoe moves <laughs> to like throw in? And then there's the follow through because one of the when Briscoe defended against Cole, Cole sized him up for a super kick. And then didn't didn't follow through. And then this time to know it's like he, he hands over the belt and he turns around and Cole just goes shoot right to the back of the head. And then he waits for Elgin to get up and he, he cracks Elgin with the belt. Holds the belt up, the crowd's going wild, and he says, Adam Cole, baby. And it's born. For the first time. So that was so. That's another thing I was surprised about that he never said. Like I didn't hear Adam Cole Bay Bay once until, yeah, until that. That was that was the yeah. first Bay Bay. So God, I wonder how long he had that planned. We've uh, we've seen the creation of Cheeseburger, and now we've seen the creation of Adam Cole Bay Bay. So nice. Um, it was really up to this point. I mean, a lot of the Ring of Honor roster is just kind of like good wrestler with not a lot of personality. So you're really kind of like up to this point, Adam Cole has just been like, hi, I'm Adam Cole. I'm from Florida. Oh, shucks. I, 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 like, wrestling. <laughs> I like wrestling for the Ring of Honor crowd. I'm a, I'm a, good, I'm a good doobie. I've been watching it since and I was then, nine years old. Yeah. And then they, they had him grow out his little, his little, like, his little beard, and he, he starts getting a little, more, a little more edgy, not necessarily like, edgy character wise, but he gets to be a little more like he's looking to like make some waves a little more. He's he's looking to maybe push some buttons. And then he pushed, you know, tonight he pushed the big button. Yeah. Um and, and a little backstory, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people in uh the internet wrestling community freaked out when Adam Cole won the belt. Um not people weren't sold on Adam Cole. But I guess Jay Briscoe pretty much hand picked Adam Cole to be the champion at this point. Uh so I thought that was kind of cool. Um. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, this is gonna this is gonna you know catapult Cole into the stratosphere. Um. Yeah, it was fun, and I I'm really glad KGG that you were pleasantly surprised. That's that's awesome. This whole show was a pleasant surprise, man. Like, I can't remember. I'm, it's possible that I watched it, but I don't remember watching anything on it, and so it was just really cool to like sit back at work and just watch a three hour wrestling show. Like yeah. it was like it was like that's very rare. But when the bosses are out, you do your work, get it done quick, and then you watch wrestling. That's I mean I, I do it every day, but I work from home too, so yeah, that's that's different. You know, and normally at this point we will go over a Ring of Honor TV for the week, but it's literally just two semifinal matches right. that was. Um, I'm not. We're not gonna torture everyone. We've already been torture for two hours. Yeah, that's, I'm so sorry that if I kept you guys. No, dude, it's perfect. I mean, yeah, we didn't bring you in to not talk. Yeah. So, I mean, Kevin, he's he's not worried. It's still eleven o'clock where he is, so he he's still he got plenty of gas in the tank. Yeah, I I got to do my wordle puzzle, or else I'm gonna, <laughs> or else I'm gonna lose my. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight if You're I don't lose the streak. Yeah, I don't want to lose that streak. The streak is awesome. That's seventy nine games strong, baby. Hell yeah. Um, but all in all, Tom, is- I- I like Death Before Dishonor 2013 more than I like Death Before Dishonor 20. What what year did I go? 2021? 22. 22? Yep. 
Well, I'm glad you like this one better. So <laughs> it was better. Yeah. Um, and, and KGG, the kind of the gimmick of the show is, let's say this is your first Ring of Honor show. Would you keep watching? Um, so I'm going to ask you at this point, listen, if this is the first time you'd ever seen Ring of Honor, would you keep, would you tune in next week? If, uh, well, I've, I've seen Ring of Honor a million times, but this was just the error era that I wasn't, I just didn't remember. I will watch, I will watch like the next, like I will go through like the Honor Club and find the next like live show to watch a follow-up from what Adam Cole did and from what happens with Jay Briscoe. And what happens with you know Mike Bennett and maybe maybe the formation of the kingdom? I don't know if that's even in this year or not. I don't even know. I will watch it. I yeah, of course I will watch it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just. I mean, for gimmick purposes, I mean, would it you know get your hooks? So because the next show is actually like a house show, but Glory by Honors in a month, so I might want to skip to that show. Oh, oh wait. So what? What? I'm I'm lost. What do you mean? It's a gimmick. Wait, you, was I supposed to like make a joke or something? Or oh no, I was just saying. Listen, the gimmick is if this is the first time because we always ask each other. But even though we've seen Ring of Honor for the past ninety-two weeks, right? So. Uh, well, yeah. Again, I would. Yeah, of course, I'd watch Ring of Honor again. Of course. Um. Yeah, but listen, I I don't know what the the house there's a there's a house show in, in Minnesota, but I think the next big pay for you is Glory by Honor in a couple weeks. So maybe the yeah, I don't know. It'll be see. You know, obviously, you tune in to Ring of Honor every every week. We'll let you know what's going to go on going forward. So, um, yeah. Will, would you, um, obviously, I know you said you liked it better than uh, 2022, but uh, would you keep watching Ring of Honor if you're watching this pay per view? After the pay per view, sure. After TV, no. Yeah. Ring of Honor, it's been a thing where I'm curious to see if this changes at all, but I feel like, especially in the next couple of years, the Ring of Honor TV program is not great for people looking to jump in. And especially if, if we're looking at it like in context of so like, I bought this pay-per-view, right? If I've been buying the pay-per-views and I've been watching these episodes of TV, I'd be so mad that I spent 30 six or 30 bucks on an eye pay-per-view. Let's just say, just to find out I could watch their weekly free program and get that whole pay-per-view I just bought. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, Kevin, did you watch the TV or no? So, yeah, th that's where I got, got a little confused. Um, I do not watch current Ring of Honor TV. No, well, I, mean, I mean the, the TV episode for this podcast. So, TV episode 106, whatever it was. Well, repeat that one more time. Did you watch this week's episode? I mean, uh, not 2023, but 2013. The TV leading up to it. No. Okay. I was. I mean, how would you feel? I mean, yeah, because it's. It was literally just a recap show. How would you feel like if you would you even go back and buy the pay per view? This pay per view after watching it on TV on TV. Listen, like, so you watch TV first and saw the two semifinal matches. Would you go back and buy the pay per view? Those matches sell. If enough. the recaps are what I got, like on the pay per view, like yeah, hundred percent. Like if the, the re if the recaps did it justice, yeah, I would buy it. Okay. Like if the recaps were like, listen, I'll I'll buy Ring of Honor today if it's a pay per view because I know they're always going to deliver. Like, I I buy like every now every now and then I buy an AEW pay per view because I know pay per views always tend to deliver. It's just, but yeah, I would buy if the recaps were as good as they were for this show uh, that we watched today. 
Um, yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Sweet. Um, well, before we try to pull a train into the proverbial station here, um, Will, is there anything you'd like to put over besides our lovely networks and our lovely wife and our lovely cats? I mean, those are all the important things, right? Visionaries Global Media, Shining Wizards Network. You can hear Kevin every Monday night on the flagship show. You can watch Kevin, too. You can watch him. They're on the stream yard. Watch it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Facebook, Geosites. I don't know. Is that even a thing anymore? I always thought it was GeoCities, by the way. Is it GeoCities? Probably. I have no, no, I'm de- I'm probably definitely wrong. I'm. Uh, I always thought it was GeoCities. Oh no, Club Penguin. You, you can log into your Club Penguin and watch the Shining Wizards. <laughs> um. Obviously, KJG, thank you so so much. Um, is there anything you'd like to put over, my friend? So, you got any other podcast appearances coming up besides Shining Wizards and Ring of Honor Revelry or anything? No, just the Shining Wizards every Monday night. Uh. Uh, 645. You can find us everywhere, uh, of course, on the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizards.com, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram, just like uh, you know, Will just mentioned for, for you guys and everything like that. Uh, my personal um personal Twitter is at Kevin Garifo, K-A-K-E-V-I-N-G-A-R-I-F-O. Uh, and then of course on Instagram, Shining Wizards Kevin, self-explanatory. And um yeah, that's it, man. I had a lot of fun tonight, guys. It was uh, really cool. Join the Discord. Join the Patreon. Oh, yeah, our Patreon, too. God, what, a, what an idiot am I? Yeah. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Shining Wizards, of course. So Yeah, you got to get in there. There's there's a lot of great bonus material. I've been yeah. working on going back through because for a while I had issues with the Patreon app, and I was having issues with getting like the web browser on my computer to load like the bonus content. So when Tony like re-uploaded all like the bonus stuff from like the old site to the Patreon, I'm like oh I've got to start digging back and like getting to all these like the crosswords and shit that you guys did like years ago. Oh god! And if it, whenever someone says years ago, I just like cringe because <laughs> like God knows what we did years ago. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it wasn't for the Shining Wizards, Will and I probably, I mean, you never know. I mean, life may have led us together, but I mean, life is weird. But I mean, that's how Will and I met. So, I mean, we, we are eternally grateful to you guys. So, oh, well, I, well, I appreciate that. And I'm sure I speak on behalf of Matt and uh, Tony and then even handsome Kevin at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you guys have helped foster like, it's a really great community. It's like, I'm not super, I know you're not in the discord. Currently. Yeah, I, I can't, it's too much for me. I, can't, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I can't figure it out. I don't know what it is, but like you, even just by putting it out there and to kind of like seeing like where, like even the discord's not like that old, but like what really what Ree's done with it. Right. With all the feedback from like what people would want and like what you guys are wanting to get out of it. Like, it's a great little place to go and have people just like talk about wrestling or talk about like whatever. And it's like, you feel like, you know, everybody so well, right. even though most of the people haven't actually met each other. Yeah. You know, that's really, that's really cool of you to say. And I, I can't take any credit at all for that. So that's all Matt. And uh, I guess maybe Tony too. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's all Matt. Matt is a big discord dude. 
I don't, I don't partake and it's not because I don't want to, it's just because I just don't ever think of it or ever. It's just like, it's too, like, there's too many like things on the left side. Like, I don't know, like what, like which conversation am I going to, like, I'm an idiot basically is what I'm saying. So, uh, but yeah, but that's all Matt and Matt is Matt and Tony are the, uh, the backbones of this podcast. They've always have been, they always will be. I just show up, uh, talk about wrestling and have fun with my friends. So, uh, that's basically, again, they're, they're probably gonna listen to this and fire me, but, (laughs) but no, actually delete that part if you can, but no, no, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the discord. That's really, really, really awesome. And, um, and yeah, so join the Discord, man. Just do it. Maybe I'll, man, I pop, I have it on my phone. So, so I might pop back in every now and then. You never know. Yeah, I, I see. Have it on my phone. I did replace a battery in my phone and took off Discord. Now I can't get it back on because my phone's too old. So, um, but yeah, Kevin, you are the first um, Shining Wizards uh, member on Ring of Honor. Oh, wow, look at that. There I it know. is, right next to the History Network where I watch my American Pickers. Yeah. There it is. It's there. I have it. Um, but you are the first Shining Wizard member uh, on Ring of Honor Revelry that is by design, so I'll be eternally grateful for you. So, ah, dude, it's, it's, it's too over. Uh, that's uh, uh, that's that makes me feel really good, and I appreciate it very much. I'm not an asshole all the time, no matter what Will tells you. So, <laughs> now listen, man. Like, I'd love to come back on anytime. This was a lot of fun. Even like the pre, like the pre uh, recording stuff was awesome. Yeah. So yeah. that's how we do it. So. Well, high fivers. Uh, we are gonna um, hit the end record button here and talk shit about everybody, so it's not recorded. But uh, hope everybody enjoys, and we'll talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. <laughs>